Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. From days long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. The dream that came through a million years, that lived on through all the tears. It came here, the Fandom Nexus. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to our host as he plugged in his microphone. I have a podcast! Here he is, your Spider-Pan, Jeremy. Yes, he Phillips about to throw up his rock fist. Oh, he's twirling the mic. He's twirling the mustache. Uh, he's almost in full villain mode. He's got a nice kind of curl on his mustache, and his goatee's coming to a point almost now. It's you're, He's going to be a pastor villain. But yes, I am your Spider fan, Jeremy. Hello, and with me, as usual, is Lost Boy Philip. Hello. It's the game more usual. I'm <laughs> Eric, buddy. Well, we miss you. I'm hoping we can get to where Eric gets to come on. But uh, at the post-COVID and working from home thing, he's been doing so much overtime. They're really working him a lot, so he doesn't really have a lot of time to do things like this but we don't get to talk to eric i did i did get to uh, text him a little bit because uh i'll get into when we start talking about what we've been playing uh, i gotta mention what i started playing up again uh friday uh but i, t- I sent a message to eric like oh, i gotta start playing this again uh and i'll tell you why i started well, well some of the reasons i started playing it but anyways today uh you know we're becoming a movie review show and i i let's see well i've got well i guess this uh, technically this would have been a movie, but it's more of a documentary. Uh, but I'm going to talk about it. Uh, there's a lot of television. Book of Boba Fett, Cobra Kai. There's been Harry Potter anniversary. Uh, I've actually got some interesting news uh, to talk about this week. And we have, some, of course, some awesome trailers, even for some television. Something as, well, of course, I think we, I've mentioned it's coming back. But we finally got a look at something that's coming back that I hope is going to be good. But I got to see a lot of movies this week, including Free Guy. We just got through watching. Yes. Uh, also, Ron's Gone Wrong, Venom, and Let There Be Carnage. I've been doing a lot of movie watching. Uh, so we've, we're basically going to talk a lot of TV and movies, like usual, and a lot of nostalgia. In fact, we've been discussing some commercials as we were going, and some of the great commercials that we remember as a kid, and we still remember. That's so, right. But yeah, I, I feel like I need to keep previewing the show as long as the music's going. Like we're previewing, but there's the music end. So now we get to actually just chat stuff. But and this is going to play right into uh, Street Gang, but because uh, we were playing, because uh, yeah, uh, Philip had noticed I have a, lo- a collection of glasses. I mean, and glass glasses from like the 80s and whatnot. 
Uh, but one of them, uh, there were us taking a breath. The drinking glasses. Well, yeah, you would have drink them out of, at the, when we were younger. We oh, would drink yeah. out of But now I do not drink out Collector's of these. Collector's glasses. I, I do have three that are kind of faded of the Great Muppet Caper, and I use those when I'm drinking a fun drink, like my eggnog or whatnot. He noticed that I have a glass with Goofy on it from Mickey's Christmas Carol. And now we were, so he was looking on his phone. On Hardee's, had those plush and I know it's post-Christmas now, but they had this little plush for $1.99 over at Hardee's. <laughs> and he found the ad for them. Uh, and uh, we were hoping maybe because we I don't know where the glass came from. It might have been Hardee's had glasses at some point as well. But I don't recall them. I don't know where this glass came from, but I found it in a thrift store of some sort. Because that's where uh, antique stores, mm-hmm. thrift stores, I, I get all kinds of glasses. And we were but confused because on the cup it says 1982. It's probably when they made it, but uh, yeah, but, but it is. In truth, the uh, the movie came out in the, I want to say 83. I could be wrong. I'm gonna on look that. it up. Yeah, because I because I, I know it, it when they put it out in theaters, it was in front of a movie. Yeah, it was either that or it was the the film itself. Because I, I know they had a Mickey's Christmas Carol, and I think it came out and had cartoons with it. At least that's how they brought it out on when they put video. it on video. Yeah, and so but they they frequently do and that. So. Uh, and I remember when I was at the movie theater seeing other things. In fact, I believe it was Christmas Story I went out and saw. I remember uh, they had the movie poster and they had that. And we did go see it. I, uh, and I remember seeing it like that. Uh, but I remember mostly seeing it at home when we rented it. And boy, did we want that. We wanted so badly to own it. And uh, man, i tell you true. I don't think I'll be arrested for saying it now, but at the time we had uh, stores that were like video stores, yeah. uh, you know, video express, video exchange, you used to rent VCRs to back rent, in the days. Well, we had VC- well, this time we had more than yeah. one VCR. Um, yeah. And when you get a pair of VCRs, things we, happen. We, yeah. We, uh, <laughs> we were able to watch it every year. But anyway, the yeah. point is, is that we were, uh, one of the things we did do, they showed it on TV. Yeah. And, Disney uh, channels were up for sight. And we saw we saw it on TV. They, I don't remember what station, of course. I can't say it was CBS. It might have been or NBC or whatever. But they showed it, and they had it be an hour long. My father would sit there. And this is long before you had the controllers to it that were like r- remote control. Mm. So you had this little wire. And he would lay oh, in the wow. middle of the floor. You know, lay in the middle of the floor. Yes. And he would sit there, and he would, you know, basically just click and, yeah. and hold yeah. it until the commercial came back on. and. I really appreciate him doing all that, though. because And you know the great thing is, as humorous, what we were talking about, it's so humorous is that through all those years, there's something that's fun, though, when we'd mess up and not cut out the commercial. Because then you get those commercials. For years. I even on YouTube, sometimes I sit and I, people have collected, when when they have videotapes mm-hmm. from shows, they, they get all those commercials, they'll put them up in a YouTube for like a half hour, an hour of just old commercials, and they'll put what it's year. It's fun. It's amazing what it, you'll watch. It, it, it is. It's funny. It. Well, it, it, here's what it is. We talk about the sentimentality. That's one mm-hmm. reason why people do collect toys. Oh, yes. People collect toys and other things. And nostalgia. Folks, that's the, the nostalgia is the reason yeah. why people collect He-Man and Star right. Wars. Well, people our age, why we do well, it. Well, yes. But it's not because just because this stuff is fun. It's because suddenly they're seven again. Yeah. Suddenly they're at that age and they remember the way it was. For instance. And this those one, that are parents, that's when they love to share it with their kids. Like, oh, I love this one as a kid. And their eyes would light up when their kids get into this stuff. With you, it's like your nephews. You yeah, know, when you get your nephews into it, you love that. You know, if they were your own kids, you'd be doing the exact same oh, thing. And that's heavens, what parents yes. feel like. It's like, not only am I seven years old again because I'm, you know, having something in my hand I had when I was seven, but... Now you're passing on to your kid, and you feel like, oh, I can sit and play with my kids. Well, with, I'll tell you, with He-Man I, I think stuff. it was yesterday or the day before, 
I got something I'd ordered because I collect some of the ma- masters yeah. of the universe. I received Stinkor. Now, <laughs> folks, I still have Stinkor, the original. Now, one of his arms is missing, but and I he still, doesn't stink anymore. No, he doesn't stink anymore. <laughs> Poor guy. He can't live up to his namesake. But no anyway, kidding. the new one, I didn't realize they were going to make him stink again. And I saw that this stinks just like the old one. It has the same pictures <laughs> and everything. So what's so great about it is I look and I open it up and I waited till my nephew was around and we opened it up together and he goes, Ugh. all the he, whiff when it first comes yes, out, I heard it's it so rough. rough, but he, but he, he hate loved it. He loved yeah. hated it. And it's yeah. the same feeling I had because the moment I smelled it, I suddenly brought back uh, so many memories. Memories <laughs> of my mind. You guys loved it. And that's the way I felt, uh, feel whenever I uh, see something for, of Hardee's or something from way back when. Oh, I yeah. I suddenly oh, yeah. remember the, the commercials and where I was and everything. Yeah. Uh, before we get too far away from it, the featurette, talking Mickey's Christmas Carol, mm-hmm. the featurette was produced by Walt Disney Pictures and released through it by ben Buena Vista Buena Vista Distribution <laughs> on 16th December 1983 with the reissue of The Rescuers. In the United ah. States, it was first aired on television on NBC on 10th of December 1984. Ah, and I remember go. when they put it on TV, they put a bunch of other commercial yes. art, commercials, cartoons with it. Which is why I love the, the Blu-ray release that I have has a bunch of those cartoons. And even has the... Uh, Yodeling Mickey. Oh, wow. I always forget the name of it. Yodeling Goofy? No, the Yodeling Mickey one. That's a newer one that I absolutely oh, love it. Now, yeah. uh, it's a modern Mickey. And I I've always forget it. the real title of it, but I just love the him and the Yeti chasing each other yes. and, the, and the Yeti falling off the cliff going, ah, shh, ah. You know, <laughs> where they're trying to be quiet and it causes an avalanche. Yes. I love that. That, is, that one just, I can't help it. I, I was I just, telling, I laugh telling Jeremy earlier, I remember one of the things I thought was great was when they did bring it out um, again, they made some of the art to go with all those cartoons that are very similar to the art that you have on the, the movie of Mickey's Oh, yeah, Carol. on that videotape and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. Have to go w- right along with it where it's got that uh, special paper. What do you I call think that? they aired it on TV, they did it that yeah, way, too. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they didn't show the full openings of it. They just would roll straight into the mm-hmm. cartoon. That's right. Oh, man, I would, I'd love to have a copy of that or something, you know, to just roll it in. I love what I have, but... Yeah. It would be nice to have that VHS tape and just watch it go in there. And I got to tell you, there was something about every year when I go to start wrapping up gifts, I'd have to listen to that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's a great little tune. And, and to tell you the truth. And, and here we are. We're still, we're still talking Christmas. Well, like, we are, but I'm still. Uh, uh, 10 minutes into the show in the middle the of January. This is, a, <laughs> this is kind of embarrassing, but. It's true anyway, I'm going to say. Well, what a better time to tell the entire world then. Yes, it's very embarrassing. (laughs) Fact is, is when I used to uh, sit there and and think of that song, this is when I was a kid, I started to miss, this is when I went to go right back into school, and I start missing my family because, you know, I just get back from Christmas vacation, Mm -hmm. and I start thinking of Christmas times and all, and that song would start going through my head, and we'd be on the way on the school bus. Yeah, I'd be going back and I'd be hearing that song in my head. I'd be looking out the window and I'd almost start crying. Oh, and, and then you start like, singing it. Oh, what in my I'm head. And, and I'd be like, oh, you know, I want somebody oh. to go back home. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to go to school. I yeah. want to go home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got to go home. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sick. But my lips are really bad. <laughs> so, but yeah, see, all this, how we remember commercials when we were kids. Yes. Plays really big into. Uh, I'm just going to dive in here. What have you been watching? First thing I've put on my list. I you know normally I would do like one thing, but we had multiple things and we both watched and I, we can review some things. I watched a little film, a little documentary called Street Gang. 
This, uh, I forgot what the subtitle is, but this is how we all got to Sesame Street. Oh, cool. And it's, it's about the origins of Sesame Street. Now, the fun thing is, they were noticing how, how the show kind of comes to be, is they noticed that a lot of the inner city kids weren't doing as well in school, that they, they weren't, when they'd start kindergarten, they would be behind some of the other kids somehow. And then they get in first grade and they're about one year behind. It took them a while to kind of catch up. And they thought, well, we need to have something educational on TV. But there's a lot of educational TV. And somehow it's not working. But they were, they were trying to reach those inner city kids, which is why it's set in an inner city street. But what they noticed, kids could not, they didn't, maybe they didn't know their alphabet getting into kindergarten or whatever. But they could sing like a, you know, and they, they use an example of a Budweiser commercial with a song. They could remember that 30-second ad that they mm. saw on TV, but they couldn't remember that they learned anything. So the idea that of, of how they, that when they formed the Children's Television Workshop, they thought what we need to do is a series of bits that are like commercials that are somehow catchy. And that's how you're going to remember your numbers and your alphabet. Which is why also they brought in somebody who was making a lot of commercials right there with some little puppets that he called Muppets. So they called in Mr. Jim Henson and say, hey, you know how to make commercials that are catchy and fun. So they brought him in. And then uh, I forgot the name of the, the music writer. But this, this is the same songwriter who wrote all those great catchy songs in Sesame Street. But also his most famous song he'll ever have, probably. It's not easy. Green. Green. <laughs> so I mean, I, that's the thing. It's like, this is the guy who wrote that song. It's awesome. And it was so great seeing all this You're come together and Andy how Williams. it came to be together. Is, oh. that, is it Andy Williams? No, it's not, it wasn't okay. Andy Williams. He was a, a guy I'd never even heard of before. But he wrote all those songs on Sesame Street back in the day. Awesome. So I, I thought it was really, really great. Uh, it, was, it was a really fun documentary. It's kind of neat to see how it all came together. Uh, now, of course, this is some behind the scenes. And as squeaky clean as that show was, that doesn't mean everybody on there was. Although I, I did have to laugh. Because uh, you have even Carol Spinney before he'd passed away. He's there with Oscar. It's like, yeah, Carol got all the money and I didn't get nothing. That blank. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Oscar calls Carol Spinney a, a name, uh, a fatherless kind of name. You yeah. know, <laughs> so you know what I'm saying? But there, it's just there's some honorary bits. There was even a little honorary bit where they have Oscar the Grouch. Uh, he's like supposed to be reading fan mail and then he, he, he kind of cusses a thing. You know, but there, so there's, there's Oscar really not a lot of language. A, Oscar can get away with it. Yeah. But of course, they weren't doing what we're recording no, the show. It's, no, a, no. it's behind the scenes, you know, but they'd play around with their little puppets. And, but what's great about that is when you have a character, you can kind of do a lot of things as the character and get away with things you yeah, know, jo- yeah. even, you know you're joking you can get oh. away with things as a character uh that was like another thing oh uh, alf i was watching a thing uh, yeah, on youtube i did too i watched i sent it to where the yeah. guy the paul fusco would make apparently sexual innuendos yeah. towards uh the older daughter um i forgot the name but he's like he could get away with it and be funny with a with a puppet. And he's of course you couldn't do that with a puppet. Now these days people could run you out of Hollywood. I watched or that on YouTube as well. Yeah, and yeah. The, the thing I about I, did I send you that link? It's Toy Galaxy, or did I, just, I, just, I watched that? I just happened to come up on it. I, I like watching Toy Galaxy. But what was amazing to me was that that guy skipped the uh, possibility of them doing that with the Muppets and all that because he wanted yeah, to do his own Alf thing. with the Muppets. But yeah. that would have been, uh, even if it had just been a special, yeah. that would have been a great It would have been great. I've always wanted it. He didn't want Alf to be thought of as a Muppet, because Alf wasn't supposed to be a Muppet. The, the, and the, I understand that, I understand but it's like, it. still, the crossover would have The only thing that fantastic. I thought was silly about the Alf people was that they wanted him to be thought of as a real alien, and I thought that was a little I get it, though, because when you're on set, you, you the actors have to react to him and try to think of it as a being an alien and not a puppet. That way, it's it somehow sells it to believe it. Because if they're just... It's a puppet on the show, and they treat it like a puppet, 
and they act with it like as a puppet, it would not have worked. I understand what they're, I understand the creative process. It sounds weird. Yes. But for, for an actor, you've got to lock in and think I'm talking to an alien. This is just something, you know, cause if they're thinking like, if, if they're thinking this is a puppet, they're going to be like a guest star on the Muppet show. Yeah. And they're not going to treat him as he's supposed to be like this character on the show. It just made it harsher. So I, yeah. A lot of the actors made it yeah. really hard. Because and of the, the technical stuff that goes into actually having a character that is played by a puppet and a puppeteer there. Uh, yeah. And I guess the guy who played Willie was really glad to be done with the yeah, show because he was really frustrated. I, yeah. I can understand. Yeah. Um, but that's still interesting. It would be nice to be able to yeah. see them bring that back. I, would, I need I would to talk to it. Paul Fusco, see if I can get him on the show sometime. I'd love to talk yeah. to him. Yeah, that'd so. be fun. I've heard him actually do some I podcasts Alf. before. Alf yeah. is one of my all-time favorites and always will be. Cooking with Alf. We're hot tonight. We're cooking with Alf. We had that one and we had the, the I, baseball Alf. I, I, I have from the other one, the rock and roll one. I still have it. Oh, uh, Do you still have the record? I may. I'll oh, have to look to see. Of course, I don't know if I could get the record to spin on my record player because you'd have to be able to change the speed to or set it on. I think that didn't have the little 45 hole. I can't remember. Yeah. I know it, they were it was small. A, it was real small. They were, so you played them like a 45, but I can't remember if it actually had like the bigger hole or just the small hole so you could put but it in I love that thing. I listened to it so many times. Yes. <laughs> Take me off to the ball game because I love the door, the roar of the, just the door, the love, the roar of the crowd. And it was basically Casey at the bat with Alf. Yeah. That was the story. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, one, I can't remember what he was doing with cooking with the Alf, but I think it was probably has something to do with cooking a cat or something. You know? <laughs> probably. <laughs> Which they, I, I kind of surprised me that they backed off of that because they're afraid some kids were actually going to put an out, yeah. put a cat in the microwave or something. It happened. Yeah, was some dumb kid. Some, some crazy kid. It was takes trying. one stupid kid to ruin everything. Beavis and Budhead fire. Some kid sets fire. They oh, Beavis and Budhead. Some kid does something stupid, and Ninja Turtles are suddenly evil. Yeah, it's just. How and my it mom is. would always hear about some kid doing something that would ban things from me. Yeah, Ninja Turtles was one of them. I don't know. She tried to keep me from the Ninja Turtles. It didn't work. <laughs> Did not work. So, sorry, Mama. I was corrupted already. So, but Street Gang, I actually do have to recommend. I, I thought it was great. It brought, it brought back a lot of memories of, of the 80s, especially when they would play the... You know, at the end of the show, they because they start playing that music, and I was like... I feel the tingles in my head right now, even just, ah, uh, because I mean, I watch that show every day. Oh, yeah. Every day. And which is probably why when I get to kindergarten, I was, you know, smart. So, but yeah, Street Gang. But okay, so the next thing, though, on our list of what we've been watching, and, and hopefully you're current on this, The Book of Boba Fett. Oh, yeah, I have. Oh, been. yes. Now, I guess I, I was kind of surprised. I haven't seen anybody actually leave a bad review anywhere. But I've seen people talk about people saying bad things. They're saying it's kind of been slow and kind of boring. Like what? I've heard a couple people complain, but but I've got no complaints. I'm loving it. I personally love it myself. But I've heard a couple people say I've heard a couple people say some things, but I personally don't agree. I like it. It starts slow in the sense that developing stories. That's what it it. is. And we're getting backstory of of how he got out of the Sarlacc. Not just that. First, not just that. It's uh, and when I say this, I am a Western fan. Yeah, I'm a Western fan. This story they're telling is got a lot of classic westerns put in there, yeah, and it's also the story. A little basically, bit of gangster, but a lot of westerns. It's mostly 
a cowboy and a in, in cowboys and Indians. You have the old. I'm talking about Native Americans here. Yeah. Okay, but so he is basically the story being told. If anyone's ever seen uh, Dancing with Wolves, that's what I was saying. Dances with Wolves. You have the Dancing with Wolves story here. Dances. Dances. Excuse yeah. me. Dancing with Wolves. Dance, dances with <laughs> yeah, Wolves. Dance with dance. You're dancing with the stars, and then you have dances with wolves. That's right. So Dances with Wolves. This is the story of that. <laughs> yeah. He was the yeah, uh, without spoiling too much for anybody who has has been hesitated or was wait maybe wait. Some people might be waiting to binge the well, entire no, season. Tell, this time, so be careful. The, I was going to tell the story of Dances with Wolves in a sense. If you haven't watched that, it's been, I've seen Dances with Wolves. I know, but I, but you give away that story, you're actually kind of giving away Boba Fett a little no, bit. No, in this sense, in so this sense, careful. it's just the fact that the Dances with Wolves, you had a cavalry man, a man from Civil yeah. War, who basically, uh, even though he went out there for a while to uh, be on with them and to take that fort, he more or less uh, <laughs> finds himself helping with, with uh, the Indians and uh, the Native Americans. So this is kind of the story that we're getting, although that's a memory. In memory, we're seeing... Yeah. So it basically is taking us of how we started with The Mandalorian, yeah. where, where Boba Fett came Picking in. up from there, but then giving us those flashbacks to... And it's kind of nice because... Uh, I was always curious of how that could have, would have happened. Yeah. And part of this is going back to my childhood was I used to read those stories uh, for the comic books. And mm-hmm. one of my favorite comic books ever, and this, I believe, is the Marvel days. Because, you know, probably back, was. I believe was. I think mainly, I think Marvel had it most of the time until yeah. Dark Horse got it in like in the 90s. Yeah. And so when Marvel uh, okay. had these, this interesting story, I remember it to this day, where on the sand crawler, first of all, somehow Boba Fett, with, in talking about in the comic book here, Boba Fett had uh, turned on his backpack and shot himself out of the the, <laughs> mar- the, the pit. And when he gets out of the pit, he uh, crawled out and he started fighting Han Solo on top of the sand crawler. And but as they're in the sand crawler or on top of it, I mean fighting, they're doing a fight one on the other. The sand crawler goes back into the pit and Han jumps off and Boba Fett still goes in again. No. So that's how it ended. But it was a very awesome <laughs> issue. <laughs> yeah. But we anyway. got a much more dramatic, I'd say, oh, crawling out. Awesome. And it's hard to say how long he'd been in there because he was in there long enough that a stormtrooper had died with him. But oh, it was gross and disgusting. We see oh, him inside yeah. the Sarlacc pit. Uh, Yeah, I know. But yeah, getting to see that and, you know, all the scars he has on his body, we kind of understand, you know, because he was partially digested, I guess, maybe a little bit. Well, you can see that. If it hadn't been for the, I say, without the the armor and all that in him. Yeah, the armor must have been protective. Didn't protect the Stormtrooper, but the armor never seems to save them. Well, you have to wonder (laughs) if the Stormtrooper wasn't already dead. Yeah, he probably was. Yeah. He probably was been killed in Boba Fett, though. He just kind of accidentally went in. Yeah. He was alive when he went in there. Oh, he would have been a terrible death if he hadn't gotten out. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. But yeah, he just shows how clever he is. But it's, uh, but it's dramatic getting out. But then he gets out and then he Jaw- you know, he's on Tatooine. So there's Jawas to deal yeah. with. There's Tusken Raiders to deal with. And yeah. uh, I don't want to say too much more. No, I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to say anything. But uh, it's, it's good storytelling. This is John Favreau uh-huh. and Dave Filoni. These are the two names you need for a Star Wars Brilliant. series. Brilliant. If with those two names alone, you know it's going to be good. Yeah. I'm loving it. They have so never far. let me down with their series stuff. Oh, I'm I'm enjoying it. I can't wait for next Wednesday. I want to but check you it know, out. The the makeup work on him. Oh uh, yeah. It, he he look. I, I I almost feel in pain for him when I'm yeah. watching because he looks so painful. Like he's been through so much stuff. I don't know because they've never told unless they do flashbacks and I don't know. I don't know how Boba Fett got that scarred looking and I don't. It, I don't. I know think a lot were, of it might have been inside that sarlacc. Well. 
he was that. Well, that's true. And plus, he's also he been. You know, you don't earn that reputation without you know mm, going through, going through some serious basket. stuff. Yeah. I mean, he spent a long time as a bounty hunter, and you know. So I wonder if they're ever he, going to. He's almost tell us. like a, a Star Wars version of Batman. Yeah, I wonder if they're ever going to tell us how he got all scarred up and messed up, and because that's the thing. It Gets could those be, side stories of, yeah, of his youth. He, uh, it looks like make almost, it important. Looks like almost his entire body's been through lava or something. He looks terrible. Well, that's which to me, because he, he looks like he's been through lava. I'd call that those stomach acids. That could be. Because he was being slowly digested, which would have taken a period over a thousand be. years. Of course, they could <sighs> be making it a, a mystery so that if they ever want to put other stories in there. Yeah, they could. They could dive into some yeah, some youthful mm, stuff. Who knows? Yeah, it'd be fun. But I find it very interesting that he's sleeping in a back to tank. Yes. Like his, he's still trying to recover his body after all this it. time. I was like, man. Because, but yet, in no way is he weak, and he's <laughs> laying down the law. But oh, it's we, we're getting all these interesting little side characters of the twin huts. I, oh, I, I, I probably it. shouldn't have said that, but oh. I feel like I'm spoiling stuff. Uh, but uh, yeah, lots of new characters coming in. I mean, this is that uh, criminal underworld of stars that people yes. have been asking for for decades. Years, yeah. They wanted to see, which I was actually thinking because we were watching. Do uh, we have any good guys really in this? Yeah, because they're even the good people are criminals, yeah. but. Um, I was watching, you know, the seventh and eighth Harry Potter film, mm. mainly the seventh one. But you get Mundungus Fletcher, and it kind of got me thinking: J.K. Rowling could maybe give us what would be what's the criminal underbelly of wizardry oh, yeah. like? Ooh, could you imagine some of the stuff people that? Because we know, okay, dark wizards, but there would have to be a more subtle level mm. instead of just dark wizards. And we, a Fantastic Beast, we do get kind of a speakeasy going on. We get to see that. So, I mean, I. I could see, you know, a little bit more attention given to maybe the criminal underground of the wizarding world. I'd kind of like to see some more stuff like that. It might be good. But the thing is, is it would be interesting to see that uh, evil versus evil, which is the, it's almost, I'm trying to think of what show it was, where all these terrible bad guys versus yeah. bad guys. Which bad guy evil versus uh, lawful evil. Yes. Uh, which is the bad guy that you want? Hello, my d oh, I people. think it was, uh, <laughs> I think it was that movie with Tom, uh, with uh, Mel Gibson that time, uh, where he was playing basically a bad guy. Oh, I think it was a payback. Where yeah. it, was, it was no good guy. I, I only saw that once. The only part of it I remember is him going with like finger gunning at somebody oh, who just really didn't like anyway. it. Was a, it was a good movie. Uh, it's the just original like, I want to kill you, but I'm not to, because he was trying to go straight or wasn't he? When he's trying to yeah, well, not really. Out. The original version was the best for me. Uh, the director's cut, I didn't care for as much, but, uh, Man, Mel Gibson was great in that movie. It's like everybody was bad. Everybody. <laughs> yeah. It was he just wanted his money back. And kind of John Wick, everybody's bad. Yeah. What I love about that movie, I'm talking about payback. What I love about that movie was he just wanted his money back. What was great was people kept assuming he wanted more money back than he really did. Oh. He's like he kept he kept correcting them. No, I just want this much. And they're like what? He goes, I got suits that are worth more than that, man. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I just want, Sessions was great. Is he just wanted a little bit of money He did, that he had earned. He didn't care about all that. He was just uh, wanting what was right, quote unquote. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, he stole. Right. <laughs> uh, so the other thing I have, ne- or I got a couple other things on this, but the next thing on the list, this is how we spent our New Year's Eve. <laughs> we marathoned. Now, I... I had to get. I tried to get this planned where we started at exactly the right time. We could watch all of Cobra Kai season four and ended at midnight. It didn't quite work out perfectly. We ended up till like two o'clock in the morning. So I think that. watching Cobra Kai at least one thirty. Yeah, I think. Well, I got home after two after I had to there drive you, you home because Philip's not allowed to drive yet. Nope. Uh, so Cobra Kai season four though. Woo! 
Now, of course, I do. I, I, I bet if you if you're interested in this, you've probably already binged it. Uh, but oh my goodness, I mean, and I don't the the dynamic that uh, we were excited to see is, and the question is, could Daniel and Johnny work together and teach together? And it's like. You, I, you, it's neat seeing the difference of styles, mm-hmm. and Off if you saw track. the trailer, <laughs> watching where they're trying to teach each other their own way, and ultimately it took, you know, it's like they didn't really get on the same page maybe until like the last episode. Yeah. So it was just interesting watching this. The, that I mean, that's that's just good storytelling that was right great there. And, uh, and then of course seeing how sinister Cobra Kai could be and bringing back a villain, probably the craziest villain, but they even gave you a reason for why he acted so crazy over the top. Overboard, yeah. Which just one little line of him being on a lot of cocaine. Like, well, yep. <laughs> you know, Karate Kid 3 was hard to handle. <laughs> and too hard to handle, too cold to hold. That's right. We called the go- Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's a different 1989 mm-hmm. film. But anyway, the, uh, the fact is, is, at least it wasn't the next Karate Kid. <laughs> the, that Karate Kid movie, uh, it was hard to handle because that villain act is so ridiculous. Yeah. But then, in this, when you find out he was supposed to be like on cocaine or whatever, yeah. you're like, oh, that one line made it somewhat made it like, of believable. Of course he was. Somewhat believable. But, you know, Martin Cove. I love oh, Martin yeah. Cove. I wanted to meet him so bad last year I didn't get to go to the, oh, co- the Comic-Con. The Comic-Con. Yeah. I, if we ever get a chance, I want to meet him. I want to see, get my picture. With I love Martin Cove. He makes I, a good bad guy. He, I tell you, I've always loved him. I even I loved him on Rambo. Rambo yeah, he was just great. He, Small part. <laughs> he's, oh man, he was so great. Everything I've ever seen him on, I just love that guy. Yeah. He's so great, man. He's just the best. <laughs> and I, I forgot the name of the actor who plays uh, Terry Silver, but how he was. He oh, was, he's great. He, he he'd gotten that perfect tone, mm. but yet still had everything of Silver of just being that perfect con man, liar, master man manipulator because you didn't know when you could trust it's like is he being legit because when you first come back to him he's tried to you know clean up his life and crease is just like this ain't you he seems so calm and cool seems so and calm then, and cool and then you all realize of a sudden, he's playing people the whole time when you bring him back you brought back the viper man yeah you and he gets his mm. look he just pulls his head down and just oh. tilts it in a way and his eyes get this look with this almost this grin yeah he's so like, sinister you sure you want me type of thing and you're like ooh yeah. it's like you, you have no idea crease of who the real evil between the two of us can be so I think even Kreese started to regret, like, what have yeah. I done? Because suddenly he really, Kreese, I, you could tell Kreese had this thing, like, I don't feel like I'm in control anymore. And he would, he would rebel. And Terry was just like, yes, I knew you were going to rebel at this, but I'm still, you know, pulling the strings, baby. Mm-hmm. Oh, such a great season. And I'm looking forward to season five. Me but yeah, too. If you haven't watched it, you totally got to. Yeah. And if you haven't watched any of Cobra Kai and you're a fan of the Karate Kid movies, what are you waiting for? Get on Netflix, man. Oh, my goodness. And do not worry if you start watching. You think, see, they turned everything backwards. No, they no, didn't. no. It comes right back. Dan is still the good guy. So is the others. But they, they as, work it out as he did in the movies. He makes mistakes. Everybody does. Mm-hmm. But what's great is they they work it out. Yeah, they work but it they, out. They try to show that Johnny can do some good things. He's not an all bad. He's just got a bad teacher. Yeah. Students say, students do. Yeah, exactly. And you know, having him come, you know, but yet. 
part of, they did show at least I think it was interesting even in this one because he did teach people to be able to stand up to the bullies and yeah. helped give confidence uh, in that the first season. He doesn't always do and it right. He, yeah, he, and he <laughs> built the balance. That's the thing with him and Daniel. It's like this good balance because Daniel is your good moral guide, but Johnny will tell you how to kick some butt. Yeah. You know, he just when tells it comes you to, to do it. He just tells you have a little bit of confidence. Yeah, confidence and taking risks. My goodness, there was a whole big thing. Yeah. And we were even like, ooh, don't do it. Don't you're going to jump off a building. What are you doing? You know, but, uh, you know, the, the way he presented it was not, he's not doing it for some random crazy thing. He had a good reasoning of why he was, you he know, trying to teach always, this. Just doesn't always have a good yeah. delivery about right. it. Right. He's, he's not the speech maker that no. Miyagi would be, but he's all, he's got reasons of what he's trying to teach. He teaches by crazy example and his, his, uh, his methods might seem extreme, but his results speak that he's got something going on. But Miyagi was the same way in a sense. I mean, he's asking you to wax the car and, 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 you know, uh, yeah. Sand the deck, sand and, the floor, and yeah, and then also paint the house. Paint the house, and you're paint like, well, fence. he's trying to take advantage of this kid. Yeah, he seemed that way, but it didn't seem near as extreme as Johnny. Though. No, Johnny, but just, he had weird ways of teaching. Yeah, something. and you're like, well, this is not right. And then when you go through another viewpoint, you're like, oh, wait a minute, yeah. he's trying to teach this kid. Yeah. Oh, and if you've been watching this show and you've been concerned about Daniel's little jerk spoiled son, finally get that dealt with. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to say no more, but yeah, whoa, boy, he had a pretty good story arc there. That kind of disappears for a few episodes, then it comes back. And uh, well, and then you, almost a sad story arc with one kid that you just love this kid when you meet him, and then you see what happens and how he gets corrupted. Kind of like Hawk. We kind of liked when he was Dimitri. It's like, you know, he's a, he's a good kid. And then when he became Hawk, it's like, oh, dude, he, he almost went too far. But it's nice to have seen Hawk become more Dimitri again, but yet yeah. still have what was the confidence You know what Hawk shows had. me is just how great those actors really are. Yeah. They can make you love them, hate them in a split second. Yeah, they they really got a good cast I say hate thing. them, but you know what I mean. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, man, I can't stand that you're doing that. Oh, <laughs> and for the Disney Connection, oh, and I, now I forgot her name. Uh, but uh, she plays Tori. Uh, apparently, I, I saw something on YouTube. I said, well, let me just see what this is about. And she, I guess, grew up as a child actress on the Disney Channel on some show. She had oh, really? blonde, She had to dye her hair blonde. And she she was talking about at one point she even tried to dye her eyebrows to match the hair. And she's like, it's like my eyebrows disappeared. It was not a good idea. So, <laughs> Dude, But she so grew good. up as a child actress on a Disney Channel oh, show. Cute. Now, if anybody knows what show, you know, send us an email or something. Podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. I could have looked it up, but I didn't. You know, <laughs> so uh, all right, but all right. The next thing uh, in our on our thing, and okay, now we were talking Star Wars a little bit before. Uh, now I'm remembering. See, this is this is how how getting older feels. When we got into 1997, and oh my goodness, 20 years of Star Wars. Wow, 20 years. That's a long time. You know what we should do. I was 20 at the time. You know what we should do. For, I mean, for the 20th anniversary. George Lucas should add all sorts of special editions and almost ruin the film. Anyway, go ahead. Now, he, well, he did a lot of good stuff, too, as yeah. well as some good stuff that's bad. like, eh, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. It's a mixed bag. But uh, but it felt like it was such a long time. But now when you think of Harry Potter uh, oh. the, 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 the Sorcerer's Stone or Philosopher's Stone, and you think of that being 20 years, I'm like, that's been 20 years? Really? That doesn't seem like that long ago. Heck, I even looked it up. The last Harry Potter film, I mean, not talking Fantastic Beasts, the Harry Potter, Deathly Hallows Part 2, was 10 years ago. Already, yes. it's been 10 years. It doesn't seem like that long. No. But that's, that's what it's like to get older, folks. Yeah. You blink. You blink, and 10 years have gone by. Yeah. But I remember when I was younger, when I, I was just turning 20 when Star Wars was. Yeah. And I was like, man, 20 years was so long ago. 
Yeah. Now it's like blinking over because now, I mean, we got 40 years, over 40 years of Star Wars. Yep. But now if Harry Potter has 20 years, and so HBO Max has a really fun, um, I don't know if I'd call it documentary. I think it's a special. It's a special. Yeah, it's a special where they come together and talk. and It's a reunion, but I know I... What I kind of wanted to see a little bit is I love how the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reunion and the Friends reunion was done. I kind of thought it was going to be like that. And we do get to see some footage of it looks like they brought a bunch of the cast all together and recreated the Yule Ball and let the cast have a reunion. And we get to see some view of that. Yeah. But they don't have any of the everybody's having private conversations. We don't get to hear that. What we did get is when they'd set like certain little groups down sure. on couches in the common room or in Green Guts and let them talk and ask each other questions, which was still great. Yeah. The one thing I noticed, if you've seen the special features on the DVDs or Blu-ray sets, you know a lot of the information they're yeah. going to go over. But there was also a few new things that got brought in that made it worth it. Like I had no idea that uh, um, Emma Watson and uh, Tom Felton had almost kind of a little crush that maybe it came off and maybe that's why there's some people who are who were shipping Hermione and Draco for some stupid reason. Yeah. But maybe because like they kind of felt a little bit the actors maybe it was coming through to some because I mainly I've seen women who have been like Hermione and Draco. Maybe they felt it because women are very more they're they're more emotionally they're intelligent more than we men are. They're more acute to that. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're going to notice that kind of thing. And I think maybe they picked up on something and that's where that fanness came from. That, that's my that's my only guess I have with yeah. that. But I thought, well, that was interesting. Nothing. They never went out or whatever. Yeah. The only other thing I thought was just really, really cute is like, uh, and this was an odd thing. When uh, Rupert Grant, Ron Weasley, for those who don't know, that's Rupert, was talking about, yeah, I'm I'm one baby and two kidney stones later. And his young, I mean, he's in his early 30s. How has he had two kidney stones? What in the world you been eating, brother, or drinking? Yeah. Uh, but I, that kind of got me. Then the other thing he said is, I you know I don't know who the, you know how old his baby is, and you know if he's married to the woman he's got a baby with. But uh, it, it was just kind of funny that at the end where they're having uh, him and Emma Watson sitting there thing, and he says, "Well, I do love you as a friend, as a friend." You yeah. know, he's like he quickly clarifies, like it's like, but because they're you know they have a special bond, and because they had to play those two characters. I mean, let's face it, through eight movies, we would we were. People like me, I, because I, I always liked Ron better anyway. In the books, though, I think that he was better in the books. Yeah. He was a lot more a developed character in the books compared to what they turned him into comic relief in the movies. But I always enjoyed the Ron-Hermione relationship and the, are they ever going to get their crap together stuff. Uh, I, I, I just enjoyed it throughout all the books and in the movies and everything. But them playing that and knowing that so like things are kind of going that way, you know, they kind of made them have a special kind of just bond and, and a friendship, even though they all feel like brother and sister because they grew up together, really. But it's just, you know, and it's great. And I, I'd already seen a lot of the footage where Emma Watson was uh, always cracking up when they were trying to do the kiss there in, this, in the eighth <laughs> film. And because so. it would be really, really weird. Of course, she'd already had to done that kind of full on kiss with Daniel Radcliffe, too. You never they never talk about how awkward that must have been. Because yeah. that's a, like a make out thing yeah. uh, for that clip. But what I thought was very hilarious is at one point, because you know, kept giggling, she was just like, you know, what? I'm just going to have to go for it. And Rupert Grant, they were talking about uh, next thing you know, it was just Emma's just in my face. And there she is. <laughs> and it's like, I guess the awkwardness is over. We just got to get this done because we got to get it right. So although Heather has never thought that they got that really right. And yeah, maybe they could have done better. I, I got to um, say. I like the way it's done in the book actually I, better than I'm how the movie the, did it. When I'm watching those movies, those last 
one, two, three, four, I guess, technically. Four, From even Order though, of the Phoenix on? Yeah. I don't like him as much because yeah. I don't like that director. So when I'm watching that special, Yates, yeah. when I'm watching that director, David Yates, I'm sitting there thinking, he kept saying, oh, I did this, I did this, because I wanted to make a more serious point. And I was like, dude, I don't like you as a director. I'm sorry. At least in these films. I don't know yeah. about the other ones. And there, there is definitely a level of seriousness that kind of, because the sure. series, it grows up with the, uh, the students. Of, but there was always that sense of fun that yeah. Chris Columbus captured so well yeah. in the first two movies. This, just my personal opinion, but I wish he had come back for the last, because to me, it would have been great. I just was not a fan of those films as far yeah. as the style. Not not yeah. that they're bad films. I like yeah. the films. They're good films. It's just that there was and a They're certain, good adaptions for like the screenplay. Yeah. It was it's just that the, well the, 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 part of the phrasing here, the flavor of it, the, the style, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's just, it's just when you go into, plus which, I love the books of those so much that when you go into those movies, it just doesn't feel the same. Yeah. You know, it just doesn't feel the same. Like, you know, when they do like a normal Jekka charm or whatever, there's usually nothing. And they even mentioned like, a, you know, a big loud flash and a big popping sound is a sign of a bad, bad wizard. But combat magic has colors. Yeah. And for some reason, David Yates just made it into pops and flashes, a sign of a bad wizard. And because it, it, and I even saw like some reviewers compared it to like a gunfight. It looked like a gunfight with sticks. Yeah. Because he was just do white, white pops and flash. And, you know, I should have seen green Avada Kedavra's flying around and red stupefies and, you yeah. know, or no, I guess Expelliarmus is red. I know, I think stupefy is supposed to be red as well. And one of the other things that the movies always kind of give get wrong is Expelliarmus is a disarming charm. Well, and if, if, and if they, the wand, said if they so get much. hit with it, they should always drop the wand. And I, it drives me crazy. I love Goblet of Fire. I love how that movie is. It's a great job with that one. But yeah. when Cedric uses Expelliarmus on the, um, the enchanted version of, um, I forgot his name. Uh, you know, the the Durmstrang the guy. Uh, Crumb. Victor Crumb. When Victor Crumb gets hit with Expelliarmus, he gets knocked down. Uh, then Cedric has to run over and kick the wand out of his hand. It's like, wait, no, Expelliarmus. And then even in the, the word, expel your arms. Yeah. Like, whatever you're armed with, gone. That's what that spell does. But then movies can never get it right. And they even, like, they, the duel in the second movie. Uh, Rick DeSempra, tickling Jinx. But what happens to Draco? Woo, 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 woo. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of in the book, it's like he's uncontrollably laughing and he's being tickled. So, but they never get some of the spells right. Like, oh, come on. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, for some reason, those last three films, they seem to start. Last four. They, they, the last four, technically. Last four, yeah, because you they, get two of the seven. Three stories, we'll say. Yeah, last three they, weeks. They, they seem to lose their... Uh, Fun, uh, the fun and charming. Yes, yeah, the charm. Of There's it. still some humor that pops There's up. There's some, though. but it just kind of. Well, I remember loving that second to last book so much. Half Blood Prince. It's yeah, Half Blood Prince. But then when I, I couldn't wait to see it in the film, and because I love that fourth movie, yeah. uh, and when I saw well, the fourth movie, did a good job. Yeah, and so what? And that was a different director. Yeah, and I would so, like to have seen him continue on. Oh, it would have been great. Anyway, I, I, I don't want to make sound. I hate those films. I don't. But when I went to see the, those films, I was like. Oh, it's not yeah. as good. When we went to Order of the Phoenix, it's like, hmm. yeah. It, but yet, I was still kind of. But that's also the Order of the Phoenix is also my least favorite of the books yeah. because it's it's so it's kind of gloomy because Umbridge, oh, Umbridge kind yeah. of just ruins the fun. That but that favorite. was the point. Yeah, she and that so, so, so that one didn't bother me as bad. Yeah, because it, it, it's like, well, this is what the the book feels like. It's it's that grooming. You just oh, Umbridge. You take umbrage with her. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's why she gets the name. You know, that's Rowling's exactly clever right. in her own weird way. Yeah, she She's is. Fun. She's very good that so, way. And the color palette on those films is so monotone. Yes, it is. And it's really like, oh, come well, the on. the whole mood. 
Yeah. It's just almost depressing yeah. the whole way through. The, the only thing I really took issue with on Half-Blood Prince is in the book, you have this epic battle that kind of happens that you hear about. Because, you know, you're, you're, you're following Harry the entire time. So he has no idea what's been going on in Hogwarts while him and Dumbledore were off, you know, trying to get the locket. But you, you get the story told later of, you know, Death Eaters are in the castle and there's a fight that kind of breaks out. Not as big as what happens in book seven, but there's a fight. And what did we get in Half-Blood Prince? Not much. You see a guard kind of get popped out and then Bellatrix yeah. comes and destroys the Great Hall. But you don't get the big no, you don't. battle. And what's, it's like, doggone Death Eaters in the castle. Didn't anybody notice? Yeah, they don't act like it's anything. And it, there's several things like that in that film. Another one I always could the one I just couldn't wait to see was whenever they uh, oh, can I think of her name right now? Um, the gal, uh, which gal? The the one that Ron <laughs> likes, uh, uh, Hermione. Hermione. I don't want to think of her one name. of the main girls. The main girls there the Hermione. Other... You know, oh, wow. When she gets mad at Ron and jealous of him, and uh, she throws birds at him. Oh, yeah. And I couldn't wait to see that because in my mind, it was going to be so much fun to see those birds coming at him. <laughs> yeah. And when they do it, finally, it's just a little thump. Not a big deal. It's not, like three to thump, thump, thump. Yeah, thump, thump, thump. Not I a big deal. I liked it. It's yeah, a pretty good Yeah, but I couldn't scene. wait to see it because it was going to be like, oh, you know, big old thing. And it was barely anything. It's just like, done. Yeah. Well, I, I can see in the movie they didn't want to take away from the dramatic and you know, a feeling Hermione's feelings my problem to make was, it too funny of what she does to Ron. But my problem with that film, but yeah, I think in the, he did in, that too much. in the movie, she sets those birds on him and they chase him out of the room. And instead of them, all plump, plump, plump into a thing like that. My problem was with him is he did that too much where things that were built big in the book were just kind of like done. They were brought. Yeah. They seemed like he, he kind of minimized. It's like he minimized the magic. That's it. Which like, this is, this is a magic kind of a key factor in these, you know, <laughs> this is about a boy wizard. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, it seems like the magic was toned down yeah. and the color was removed from it. Mm-hmm. So, I took umbrage with that. <laughs> yeah. So, that sounds like I hated him. I did not hate him. And that's the unfortunate thing is they let him, they're letting him direct those Fantastic Beast movies. And I think he's on for all of them. <sighs> but I'm still enjoying the Fantastic Beast yeah. movies. Um, but I think have, I, we've probably already told the story of how we end up getting to Harry Potter kind of a little late to the game and stuff. Yeah. I think we've discussed that uh, in pre- yeah. previous episodes. So, uh, but so I just want to let that lead into what have you been playing? And here's here's the funny thing. After watching that 20 year anniversary, so um, on my Xbox 360, uh, it'll it's I've noticed that Microsoft has pulled. It's it's like it's not really online anymore. I don't have any connection to to their network anymore on the 360, but I have old Xbox games that will still play, including I collected all but one of the Harry Potter games, really. Well, no, I didn't. I, well, I've got the Quidditch game, but I got it on a PC. Yeah. But I collected all of the Harry Potter games on the Xbox, uh, except for uh, the Deathly Hollows. They tried to turn it into a first-person shooter, and it wasn't any good, so I did not buy the Part 2 game. I yeah. was like, no, you, you, y'all ruined it. You took away what was fun. But I, this week's, uh, I, well, I guess over the last couple of weeks, I started playing Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone uh, for a little bit there, uh, playing the old game. And I love the style of the game. It's more... Kind of like the artwork you'd see attached more with the books. And it's a very fun and light style. We, we've had a long period of time as game players or gamers, whatever you want to call it. When you have a movie tie-in, the game is usually not known for being that good. Usually. And that's part of the thing. Um, but it's also the 
the technical stuff as that we moved into more of a 3D gaming. I mean, this is back, you know, PS2 era, old, old Xbox era. Sure. So the the transition to 3D gaming wasn't always good with how the camera worked. Sure. So it's been kind of frustrating to go back in time and play it. But yet I love some of the stuff about it, the style of it, because like I said, it is... It feels more like the book, and it, 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 they drew more story stuff from the book than they did from the movies, because, of course, they were making the game at the same time the movie is being made, because they want to release it kind of simultaneous. Sure. Uh, but they really, they did make some, for fans of Harry Potter, they're still just fun to play, but um, in a lot of ways, it was re- perfected uh, quite a bit with that, the Lego Harry Potter games, mm, yeah. uh, and which I, you know, I, I platinumed the first one, but I don't think I platinumed the second one. I don't know what it is I haven't done. On the second, I probably haven't unlocked all the characters, but yeah, I mean, the, those Lego Harry Potter games are just great. I enjoyed a lot of the Lego games, mm-hmm. uh, the Star Wars, and yeah. the, some of the Marvel ones. Oh, we fun. got a new Star Wars Lego game coming. Oh, I haven't seen that. Skywalker Saga. I'm not sure oh. when it comes out. I think it's supposed to be this year. Where it's 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 not remaking. Well, it's it's not just putting the old games back out. It's a brand oh, new version, starting from the get Encompassing well, all nine films. Oh, good. Well, see, the great, I could just deal with the trilogy, the original. Well, movie. me too. But what's great about it, though, see, back then when they did it, this was before they kind of reestablished or let's say recreated the whole Lego animation because back then. They uh, at the time they didn't really do much with their Lego people back then. You you had a certain Lego style, yeah, and the animation was different as far as the way that your people could be. They couldn't talk yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is that it was, was almost, I it was funnier that way. I liked it. It was like communicated with grunts. What was it called? Lego Lego ease or something? Perhaps I guess. And kind I of like it. the Sims had their simies or yeah, exactly. sim talk or whatever. And I liked it. Yeah, it was funny, but at the same time. I'm talking about the creators yeah. felt as if they were kind of had their hands tied yeah, and, uh, or knocked off in this sense, <laughs> taken yeah. off. And it did. I mean, I know what it's like uh, when you make your own rules. Uh, I'm an artist at times, you know, yeah. but you make your own rules like, uh, well, you can't draw the nose this way or can't make a mouth this way. You can't move. You suddenly like, oh, dang, what am I going to do? This guy's nose is a little different than mine or whatever. And you got to do it this certain way. Well, you know, then that makes a problem when you really can't do it. Yeah. So therefore now you're, you're having trouble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For instance, let's say the Lego eyes. Okay, so they're all black or whatever, usually. They're dots, dots, yeah. Dots, you know. Okay, well, that's a problem whenever you have, let's say, and I'm just using this guy as an example. Let's say Frank, you do Frank Sinatra, whose eyes are known for being blue. Yes. He's all blue, blue eyes. eyes. But you do it brown, black, mm. whatever in this case. That becomes somewhat of a problem. You can't yeah. tell him different from someone right. else. And it's supposed to be basically a caricature. Yeah. There's a, a lot problem. Of, a lot of times when they're trying to make one to kind of look closer to a character and actor, they would sometimes do a little bit more than just the dark eyes. They would yeah. try to do you know, some detail, especially with the female characters. They want to give them lashes. But for the long time, they did not do that type yeah. of thing. I'm talking about yeah. the early days. Oh, the early days of Lego, man. Ooh. Yeah. And so now they've, they've really. Well, early for us. I'm, th- I'm sure Lego predates us by quite a long oh, yeah. time. Yeah. I looked it up. But now they've basically have broken their own rules, which is good. That's why I'm yeah. kind of glad they've done that. Even with their Lego an- uh, animation, it was what mm-hmm. I'm talking about. They've yeah. done that now they're well, like well, we doing, can break our own rules doing the animated series stuff that they've done or you know the c- cartoons it makes more sense they have to have some talking too yeah so. and that's kind of what i've done with my with some i'm talking about my own drawing style i was like why can't i break my own rules i'm the one who made it yeah. i can do that you know and they're kind of doing the same thing yeah and i i i really think we wouldn't have gotten so much great lego animation well computer done i mean granted of course we've had lego movies where they actually have done it with real legos sure but even that probably would not have caught on if it wasn't for that Lego Star Wars game suddenly yes. made it like, oh, here, we, we figured out how to kind of animate and move Lego characters around, and people loved it. 
So they're like, we could make cartoons. It kind of, I think you, it was. You could see it happen. I think it was somewhat of a breaking mind. It started with uh, episode one, two, three. And I'm talking about, you know. Yeah, that first game was one, two, three. Yeah, yeah. one, two, three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, I spoiled episode three for myself by playing through that. Did game. you really? Yeah, was, Josh bought it on the PC. And he's like, oh, you got to come and play this. This will be great. And so we played straight through the game. Just, you know, focus on getting through the story. And we get into episode three. And the, the episode three, of course, the movie had not yet no, come out. No, it hadn't. And I was like, Josh, dude, we're like ruining the movie for ourselves, aren't we? <laughs> he's like, well, we knew this was kind of going to happen, right? And I was like, yeah, but I mean, we're, I feel like we're seeing too much. And. Yeah, it was funny. Well, bad, bad boy. Yeah. <laughs> bad, 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 bad boy. Make me feel so Okay. Well, what was that old song? Yeah, that anyway. was a, a Three Men and a Baby. Oh, did they put it in there? That was how it started. All, the, the movie oh, started. Oh, my goodness. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Oh, great film. It's been a long time. Directed by Leonard Nimoy. Well, there you go. <laughs> That's Spock for That's a new very movie. logical. They're very yes, logical. Indeed. Uh, but other things I've been playing. Now, th- this is where it gets funny. So... Now, throughout the course of this week, I, uh, one of the channels I love to watch on YouTube is PlayStation Access or Access PlayStation. I think it's PlayStation Access. I always get a goofy. Uh, it's a British run channel, and they'll play different kind of games and do different stuff. But they, uh, at one point, they were playing uh, Bloodborne, and they were doing some stuff. And I was sitting there kind of watching, and I was like, man, you know what? This reminds me of, of Jedi Fallen Order. That when it came out, people were comparing it to, they call it like the Soulsborne games. From Studios is the name of it. From, literally. From Studios makes Demon Souls and Bloodborne, and now they've gotten some other ones. But they're known for being extremely difficult uh, in combat. And when when Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order came out, people were comparing it. It says, oh, this is very much game mechanic like this. And when I first started playing it, uh, yes, it's oh, that's difficult. That combat, you've you got to spend some time, especially... When you've got a duel with one of the Inquisitors, and that's, ooh, I got stuck on the Ninth Sister for the longest time until I finally, I lowered the difficulty level down, and I got past <laughs> her. But then I got stuck. I went to Dathomir, you know, the Darth Maul's planet. Yeah. And there was this giant bat boss thing, and I was like, oh, okay. And I, I lost to that. I said, okay, I, I don't know if I remember enough to come back and do this. Well, watching those videos, like, man, yeah, I, I, I want to get through Jedi Fallen Order, because the other thing I was seeing is... They're expecting a, uh, an announcement at this year's E3 for Jedi Fallen Order 2. Really? Yes. We're expecting to hear something. And it is a well, it's a good story. It's interesting. And it is considered canon. So I was like, you know, I'd really like to play this again. And I, I sent a message over to Eric because Eric has platinum that thing. I mean, because he loved it. I know he really enjoyed it. Uh, he, and he just, he, he cleaned out everything. He collected all the items. He did it all. I was like, Wow. So, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to let Eric know. So, I sent a message. like, you know, I think I need to pick up Fallen Order. And, but I think what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to start over from the beginning. And so, I did. I went back to the very beginning of the game. And I, I'm picking back up. But I've, I've made it, I think, a little easier for me to deal with. It used to be when you'd want to jump and you're going to climb on something, you'd actually have to hold L2 to grab. I found a thing. I could turn that off to where he'll just automatically grab it. Yeah, and then I also found some ways to make it auto-target lock on who I'm dueling with. Because one of the things that got problematic for me, uh, and it still can be a problem, but I, I can deal with it. But you'll be fighting with maybe maybe you've got a scout trooper, and he's got, you know, scout troopers can hand, you know, they, they got a weapon. They can brawl with you with your lightsaber. But if you get in a group of them, some other jerk will come and hit you in the back. <laughs> Uh, so, but that will end up throwing off your, uh, your, my auto target thing. I was always, cause I was like, always trying to click like, ah, uh, ah, uh, target, change target. Ah, uh, uh. 
but now I had an auto target, I can get in and I can bat bat. Oh, hey, you bat bat, you know, and I can mix it up, which you kind of need to do because there are times where you have. Uh, they, I mean, I, I love the where in, in, in newer Star Wars stuff they developed that there were very specific troopers set in making sure they could exterminate Jedi. Because I mean, you have the Inquisitors, which actually war for, which is weird because they're Force users, but they're not full Sith. But they're, I mean, they're they're using the dark side, so it's interesting. But they also had hand to hand trained guys with the right kind of weapons that were pretty much fighting, kind of like the uh, the guards for uh, Grievous, yeah, General Grievous. Grievous. But they have guys that have weapons similar to his guard droids, right? So, but you you got to get down and you're going to have to fight and it's going to take a little time with those guys. And that's where it gets annoying when you have some pesky stormtrooper back there going, ha ha, boom, boom, <laughs> you know, trying to pick off. But, you know, if you get it right and you, if you, if you can hear that shot coming, uh, you can peer right back at them. And it's, it's really fun. It's really satisfying to reflect shots back at stormtroopers. <laughs> but especially, I love the, uh, the amount of character they threw into the stormtroopers where some of them are terrified of a Jedi. Jedi. They're not trained for this. They're like, he's going to kill us all. <laughs> and then, or they'll be, if they get one hit on you, are like, I got him. Guys, come on. I got him. Ugh! You know, before you kill them, you know. But there's so much good stuff to that game within the combat. But it, it's a challenge. But I feel like I'm doing a little better this time because I'm coming in a little smarter and i'm i found a couple exploits uh this is this not one, my job i can hear the torture this is not my job i don't get paid for this <laughs> i don't get paid to kill jedi you know? i'll get too old for this <laughs> yeah because these are not clone troopers that are like uber yeah. warriors these are you know I, i've heard say that some stormtroopers that seemed like they just kind of picked some of the ruffians off the street and trained them up and gave them a, a blaster yeah and that's where they got their stormtroopers uh but uh i found some exploits I, I got smart. So, all right, this doesn't work in a typical role-playing game where you build experience and you level up. This has, you gain, like, certain experience and you earn skill points. Then you spend skill points on developing new skills and new abilities. Kind of like the Spider-Man PS4 games. You have that. And I thought, okay, you have these meditation circles. These are your, your save points. When you meditate, you save your game. You have the choice to use your skill points and level up at that point. Uh, you also, if you choose to rest, that means you get all your health back, you, you know, regain all your force power, you know, you strengthen up, you get uh, your BD, BD1, your little droid guy gets a new complement of stim packs to toss to you so you can heal yourself. Everything gets reset. But what it also does is respawn every enemy you've killed. Oh. Which can be problematic. And so it makes you hesitate, like, do I really want to rest because everything will be back? But... If you find the right spot, and I, there was a spot in one of these temples where there's there's these automaton droids that are guarding this tomb that you're you're kind of raiding, I guess, because uh, <laughs> that's part of the story of the game. And I found a spot where it was just me and this automaton, and I've I've mastered. I knew how to take him out quick. So I was like, oh, meditation circle, automaton. I go back, I rest. He comes back. He's worth quite a bit of experience. <laughs> kill, rest, kill, rest, kill, rest. Listen to you. I did that a few times, and I built up some skills. <laughs> so I I have not gotten to that ninth sister that would cost me so much trouble. But when I get to her, she's in for a ride because I'm more leveled up than I was before. Listen to me. And you. I've even learned, because uh, one of the things I, I think uh, Chris that I used to work with at the radio station had mentioned, it's like, what? What really helped me in that is get your saber throw. 
So I'm making sure I'm picking my skills that lead up to getting oh, my so that's saber a skill, labor thrill. Yes, your saber thrill. Well, the cool thing about how they did this is your character Cal, uh, he, he was a Padawan, and uh, in the years since the purge, where his master was killed, he's he's still kind of got his connection to the Force, but he's sort of lost it. He's not really he's not using it, and it's one of those things where they 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 it's kind of we learned in Star Wars lore that if they they don't spend time in the Force like as Obi Wan did, Obi Wan was a lot weaker by the time he fought Vader. And so this is a later a Jedi Master named Cal. No, Cal is not a master. Oh, his, his his master's killed. Cal is your character. Oh, he I was see. a Padawan. Uh, at, at the time of the purge, and his master was killed, so he's kind of not really used much of the force, so he's forgotten a lot. And they use that as a thing when he gets in a situation and something's happening. Suddenly, you go into a flashback scene where his master oh, that's cool. taught him that skill, and then he remembers his skill. But then, after he's remembered his skill, as you now are going to spend points, you get to develop that skill and make him more powerful at it. So when he learns to slow time, you can. Now I can make his slowing things down faster. When he learns to push, when he learns to pull, you can make those more powerful as you go. And you can also gain and add new combat skills. And it's like he's remembering everything he was trained. It's really cool the way they do it. I can imagine a cow, Jedi cow. There ain't not much power, but it's all I got. Yeah. And it gets <laughs> stronger though, throughout the game. And uh, I think Eric was the one who told me, he says, it's, it's a rough and it's a struggle for a long time. But as you get closer to the end of the game and Cal is all powerful, he's, he's a full power Jedi again. He's awesome. Yeah. So I'm waiting to get to that point. What, what's fun about this is the actor who um, motion captured for Cal and was a voice and even the model for him. Um, if you watched Gotham, he was the guy who I, I think they did bring him back eventually as the, as he was the Joker, but he was kind of this Joker character. Really? Uh, that popped up that you were like, is this the guy that's going to become the Joker? Oh, I remember that. Yeah. And he's a great actor, but it's, it's entirely different. Uh, of course, the character of Cal that he's playing in this one. But I remember seeing, um, I think it was a, a Star Wars celebration where they had, when they were talking about this game, they had him come out and how excited he was about this whole thing. He's like, I'm getting to be a Jedi in a game and it's in a canon Star Wars story. Cal looks just like the actor. It's wow, really neat. That's great. But so I've been back and playing and I've been getting back into it because it is a really interesting story. What's it called again? Jedi Fallen Order on PS4. You know what? When I finish it, I'll bring it over to you well, sometime. You can I try almost it. bought it the other day because it's on sale for Get pretty it. cheap. Get I mean, I may have to do that. Yeah. Uh, my, my good foul, uh, good foul. Hello, my good pal Seth has been telling me about it for years. Oh, yeah. And, and he told me that I would love it. Yeah, it's tough, though. He told me. But he said it'd be, it was a lot of It's definitely a different style of game than what you usually will play because yeah. you mainly play those wrestling games. And well, I play several things. That's one. Yeah. That's my favorite. Yeah. And I don't know how far because I, I tried to get you into Final Fantasy VII remake, but I think playing through that and, and I nearly half platinum that one. There's only just a couple of little melee well, things that I didn't do. Star Wars would get me more into something probably than, than Final but Fantasy. like the, because I got good at the combat and in Final Fantasy VII remake, I'm re I was ready for Fallen Order and I, I feel like I'm back. So I'm, I'm a Really looking forward to you talking about wrestling. I'm really looking forward to here in March. Yeah, I believe it is when they're bringing out the new game. Where I've been waiting for. Yes, I've been waiting for that for so long. As far as what I've been playing lately, <clears throat> you know, you just asked me earlier. Still playing Jurassic Evolution. I played right? some of that, and I was playing. Uh, I went back to playing some of Miles Morales with my nephew. He's been having a good time with that. Mm -hmm. The Spider-Man game. Yeah, about yeah, Spider-Man. That's uh, been a lot of fun with him, and he's he's a sweet kid. But we we play certain games like that. It's a lot of fun. 
Yeah, so that's what I've been playing. That's yeah, been and I'm looking forward to. I'm, you know, I think I might have mentioned the last the last show. I now that I'm working, I've got a full written budget, and I if, if I say, oh, I, I got to tell a funny story. And plus, it's also something cool to, to mention. I out of every time I get paid, my I get fifty dollars. My wife gets fifty dollars that we put into a savings, and we can spend it on whatever we want. That keeps you from going hog wild crazy when you're like, I just got to have stuff. Now I'm like, oh, I can have that, but let me save for it. And you learn you to get think. patient again. Yeah, you got to yes. think. Well, my plan is, is this, this average is about $100 a month. So in about six, seven months, I should have enough to get myself a PS5. And that's when I want to play Miles Morales because I'm going to wait until I have a good system for it. But so what happened to me this week, and I've already told Philip this story. I was on Instagram or whatever, and I, you know, of course you get ads, but I got a Walmart ad. But what this Walmart ad had, and I, and I, I thought this might come out. Uh, I guess it's been a couple of years since they re-released the uh, Escape the Death Star Star Wars board game with like a Grand Moff Tarkin figure, I believe, that uh, came with it. And of course I had to get it because I remember playing it as a kid. But I, uh, in an antique store, I saw once this, uh, the, you know, the, the Star Wars Ice Planet of Hoth or whatever. Yeah. But I didn't know if it would have all the pieces, and I would pay a lot for an original copy of it. But I saw in this Walmart ad the re-release for like $19 and so many cents. And it's got like an exclusive uh, Luke Skywalker, Kenner-style Luke Skywalker in his pilot gear or whatever, Hoth stuff. So I was like, well, I have to get it. But here's where it gets funny. So I'm, I, I'm going to order it online. Because I'll tell you the clever thing I did with all this, too. I'm going to order this thing online, but in order to get free shipping, I need to spend $35. And I'm like, okay, well, the game's not even quite 20 Now, with tax, it's like 20 but I said, well, I need to find something else to head on there. So I started looking for some Masters of the Universe, and I was telling you this earlier. I was like, can I get that that Orco Origins figure? No, that's sold out. I looked at a Scareglow, uh, looked at a Man at, uh, not Man at Arms, but uh, Manny Faces. All these Masters of the Universe Origins, which Walmart I don't think is going to be carrying anymore. I think Target would be the place. So I was like, okay, I, I guess I won't get myself another figure. But oh, look, Ghostbusters afterlife i can pre-order that for 24.95 right now so i have that pre-order in there so overall of the 50 dollars i had i spent 48 dollars and some change but you know worth it so here i am i'm all gung-ho like i'm gonna save up my money i'm gonna get my ps5 and then i just already spent my my 50 pretty much right out of the gate but by next week i will have that star wars game and it'll be totally worth it plus i want to get, get ghostbusters afterlife anyway so it works out but i thought i'd it's just funny that I go into the effort, but here's where I was smart. Now, uh, the only bills I haven't had not yet paid is I haven't paid uh, our our last Sprint bill before we're officially full T-Mobile. Uh, I hadn't paid that bill yet, and I didn't pay the Walmart credit card bill yet. So what I did, I used the Walmart card because it had some reward points and that gave me a discount. I used the Walmart credit card to order my stuff, and then I took from my savings account and I paid the Walmart credit card, which ended up paying the payment that I was had to pay for the month anyway. So I'm like, I killed two birds, one stone. So I was pretty proud of myself. You know, I found a way to cleverly allocate money and still get what I wanted, which should hopefully the game should arrive this week. And then uh, uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, uh, you can order it digitally. Which I'll have a digital copy once my physical copy arrives, but my physical copy probably will not arrive until like February second. But sometimes, you know, when you order these things online, they try to get it to arrive in your mailbox on the day of release. So there's a chance I might get my copy a little early. Who knows? 
But yeah, you can now get Ghostbusters Afterlife digitally, uh, but I like to have a physical copy of things when I can, so I'm waiting. All right, but I figure we better uh, keep going, so... Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. All right, and where I want to start is, uh, and this is something I meant to, to be doing a long time ago, is talk about some new games that are coming. And one thing I got to drop over onto you, Phil. Uh, Philip has not yet played Uncharted. Now, granted, he's, no, can, he's in my family grouping so i have uh, on his ps5 i've downloaded the ps4 nathan drake collection but january 28th uncharted legacy of thieves collection comes out on ps5 and i believe this is going to have every uncharted game including uncharted 4 which was fantastic and even uh, i think it's called the lost legacy where it focuses on the character of chloe which we do see in the trailers uh, but I believe it's going to be like the entire set remastered for the PS5. Awesome. So that will be coming up on the 28th. Uh, Pokemon Legends Arceros, whatever. It's, uh, it's coming to the Switch on January 28th as well, for those of you who like Pokemon. Uh, something else <laughs> I saw, God of War, which a sequel is, I guess, due out for this uh, Well, I, it's kind of odd to call it a sequel because God of War was actually kind of a reboot relaunching the franchise uh it started on the ps2 it was basically kratos this character i played a little bit of the first one Uh, kratos who is a demigod who goes and slays the greek gods and i've seen pictures but uh, but i didn't know what it was they they kind of re reinvented the franchise and had him it's years down later it's more of a norse type he's moved up norse he settled down has a wife and a child and a child is now going to be at least one quarter greek god huh um because I've never seen At the least. pictures. It looked. It had kind of like the Egyptian dog-looking gods and such. You know that you see. Uh, e- Nothing Egyptian about it, but Greek. Oh, Greek. I think you're okay. thinking uh, the Assassin's Creed has done that's some pro- stuff in that's Egypt. Probably what uh, it Assassin's is. Creed Odyssey was in Egypt. Yeah, uh, I haven't played those, but this is God of War. Now, I tried to play this newer God of War. I didn't really like the control. I couldn't get into it. Oh, I was I played see. it on the streaming service, but a sequel is coming soon. So the PC version, January 14th, God of War comes to pc now something else that has recently come to pc and i've only learned of this because of youtube final fantasy 7 remake has now come to the pc for those who are waiting and it didn't take long for this to come on the pc that everybody started modding the game uh and mainly the mods that they're doing stuff with the character models now i've seen where you know like on youtube because i'm a fan of resident evil youtube thinks i want to watch anything resident evil Uh and i've seen where people have modified jill valentine to be nearly naked and so what do you think they did with tifa and Aerith? yeah i it's like come on guys are you that pervy really but yeah so that's how i learned oh final fantasy 7 finally has now been released on the pc i do recommend that game i loved that game uh there's also a banjo kazooie for the switch that uh, I don't know what day, but it is list, listed as being January 2022. I never played the old Banjo-Kazooie games, but uh, this apparently is like a remake coming for the Switch. I may have to check that one out. And what is Banjo-Kazooie? Because I remember the um, name. I believe Rare made this, uh, but this is... Uh, 
it's very similar in style because I mean, they made um but it's like a platformer and it's very much similar to like the Super Mario 64 it's kind of that style oh, okay. but Banjo and his pal Kazooie Banjo is this bear and Kazooie is this bird oh, he has okay. on his back I remember back. it now yeah yeah I never got to play those, but I heard it was tons of fun. But I'm not really big in 3D platformers, though. I just remember that uh, when you so. say Banjo-Kazooie, I remember two characters being together. And that's mm-hmm. what I remember now is them on the in a car or something. Yeah. Yeah. Banjo-Kazooie. They made a Donkey Kong Country 64 that was similar to that. Oh, I see. Yeah. There we go. Uh, yes, here it is. Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection is a remastered collection of two great games, The Uncharted Saga, featured our Uncharted 4 at Thieves' End, and Uncharted The Lost Legacy. Oh, okay, so this is the fourth and fifth game of the series now collected. Mm. So the, you know, what I've downloaded for you on your system yes, that's what is play, the yeah. first three, and you need to play those. You'll oh, yeah. love them. You sounds, will so love them. Fun. It looks really fun. The movie yeah. looks good. Yeah, hopefully it's going to be good, because, yeah, they messed that up, and I'll be really... Uh, Sad. Speaking Anything of being that's got sad, Peter Parker running around. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of being, I'm still not. I like Tom Holland, but I didn't think he was a great choice for Nathan Drake. But we'll see. But speaking of things making me sad, John Madden and Betty White. Oh uh, yes. And somebody else just passed away. Yes, there was a director um, too. Sidney uh, Poitier just yeah. passed oh, away. Yes, I love Sidney yes. Poitier. I don't know if I saw any of his movies. Oh, he was in a lot of good. But things. he was in a lot of stuff. He was the first uh, black actor to win won an a, Oscar. Oscar, wasn't he? yes. Well, he that well. It was more of an honorary Oscar that Walt Disney managed to get for the guy in Song of the South. Yeah. Uh, I forgot his name, but it wasn't official. This was the official best actor. But this was mm-hmm. the real deal because Sidney Poitier, I mean, oh, he was tremendous. tremendous. Yeah. Uh, but John Madden, it's it's kind of fun to talk about him in Kansas City because I love John during Madden. the rivalry back, oh, yeah. back in the day when J- Lynn Dawson was quarterback in KC, mm-hmm. I mean, the Raiders were the bad guys. They were allowed to have beards and stuff, mm-hmm. and the Chiefs were the clean-cut guys. John Madden was the coach. John Madden was awesome. Back in there with the Raiders and that was our rival but then John Madden gets into doing TV and he was such mm-hmm. a delightful personality and the next thing you know he's got a Video game, game series that he's sponsoring and bringing John in John Madden did commercials and, yes. and really Ooh. he did the, the beer commercials and, and Coke commercials and tough acting Ace is the place yeah Ace is the place and, yes and he was good for uh, tough acting to act and yes. boom and I mean he, anything you wanted he would do and uh, I mean I, I'm surprised he didn't do Ritz crackers I mean the guy would do anything <laughs> you know I can almost imagine nothing crunches like a Ritz you know I can imagine dude you know you I'm could surprised just, they didn't get Harrison Ford to do Ritz after that yes. Henry movie Ritz <laughs> but really though I could see John Madden almost commercial or anything you know if you really want to crunch in the morning nothing like Captain Crunch you know I can almost see him doing anything I yeah. love John Madden he's one of my all-time favorites. And, and that one comedian would never have had the career that he has without no. being able to do the spot on John Madden. Oh, he's perfect. Uh, I cannot think of his name all of a sudden. Me either, but, he but was, he's so funny. He's that guy. great. At, you know, if you have John Madden, you always have to have a marker going this way and that way with new X's and O's and then yeah. the back and triangles. And, and I've been watching YouTube's got so many tributes to John Madden and they have those clips where he's just marking up. Yeah. But he'd be commenting on the coolers, on the sidelines yes, and, and stuff. He's just so it's great like, at it. He's, he's like, yeah, a pop Papa bear, mama bear, and then you got a baby bear over here. Yeah, he's, he's so great. He's circling coolers on the side, like yeah. mom. Yes, oh my goodness, he's just so great. He was something. Oh, I love him. He was him. really special. Yeah, he uh, was. And Betty White was pretty special, and she was a funny lady. She there. was. And I think she's probably remembered probably best by most people our generation from Golden Girls. Golden Girls, but even before so, that, she was before in that Mary, Mary Tyler Moore, Moore show, and she would do a lot uh, of uh, even in black and white days. She yeah, would, she'd be on old TV shows and stand up and doing comedy sketch. And she was before her time, really. Yeah, she was. She was outstanding. And, yeah, that's right. Like in a, as a kid, there was a lot of those great comedians that 
that had achieved that great level before mm-hmm. our time, like Bob Hope, we'd Bob see when he was a kid, and George Don, Burns. Oh. Don Rickle, because he was this, you and know, that, one thing he kid, did. We had no idea. No, because Don Rickle was one of those guys who who was a negative. And it's an insult comic. Yeah, and you didn't really have a lot of that insult kind of in your face, almost uh, really grim. And you're not used to that yeah. kind of a uh, But he was good at that. There's a lot yeah. of people like that who just was so great. But he was that level of insult comic where he could help you laugh at yourself. Oh, exactly. He was never m- truly mean. But he seemed but it was so funny. He'd seem he like it, but, it was, but he you wasn't. Know, he wasn't. It was tongue in cheek. And oh, really? Much. Yeah, hockey puck. Yeah, yeah, hockey puck. Yeah. <laughs> he was so great. Yeah. Oh, and uh, I think even Justice Lear, uh, Mason. Um, oh, I forgot his first name. Oh, well, you know, when he talked like that, oh, that arm oh, park oh, was based I, I, off I, I of was, I was just, one guy was just watching. this past year. One guy that I was just watching the other day who was great in his day, and that was Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, oh my gosh. Hey, no huh, huh, uh, ugly. I'm telling you, ugly. Huh? I walk into a doctor's office, and huh, uh, they say, hey, hey, where'd you leave your face? And stuff like that. Yeah. It was just so great. Uh, it was a great one. But, yeah, so Betty White, another one of the great uh, funny people. Yeah, she's gone. But you know what? She She's gone. But uh, she maybe legacy, physically, though. but she left tremendous memories yep. for us all. Oh, yeah. And we love you, Betty. Yeah, she went back to St. Olaf. <laughs> Sadly, yes. Sadly, she left just a couple weeks before her 100th birthday. Yeah. They're still going to have a celebration. Yeah, and there's still, I think, People Magazine's like Betty White turns 100. And they, yes. It's out on newsstands. It is. Uh, it'll be a collector's and, item. You know, and some people, I'll just say this, some people were kind of dissing them for it. So how could they help that? Yeah, they, they were ready know. to go to print. They were excited about it. And they did it. The day she died, they already had them out. Yeah. Some people were like, oh, they should have known better for it. How would they know better? How they're, do you know that she was going to pass? They're not God. Yeah, you no know, I mean, only the Lord knew for certain. Yeah. But that being said. Only your undertaker knows, knows for sure. sure. <laughs> Quoting the Joker here. Yes, indeed. But the fact of the matter is, is. We're not mocking her death. We're yeah. just saying that uh, we love you. We're and always going to love you. It becomes you. a celebration of her life. Yeah, it's exactly so. right. People will always love her. And uh, that's that's the thing is, uh, unfortunately, she didn't have any children. And mm. uh, because her one and only love passed away years and years ago, and she couldn't mm. marry again because she loved him so much. Well, that happens. And, I uh, get it. Yeah, you know, my, uh, I know people that exactly the same way where they love him so much they, they can't even think about marrying again and it's not because it's wrong to do so but in their mind it is because they love that person yeah. they don't even like the thought can't of imagine it. it no yeah that's, that's something i need to move on to a news news some news here another news story something i didn't know was coming well i should have expected welcome to a world where mystery and discovery meet at the click of a brick and heroes wear a poltergust. Oh. But beware, here ghosts roam free. Share the adventure while working together to brave haunted hallways. Hello. And discover hidden treasures, right. frightening enemies, and save ghost nap friends from a terrible fate. There's no time to waste. Discover a frightfully fun adventure with Lego Super Mario Luigi's Mansion sets. Lego Luigi's starter course and other sets sold separately. Batteries not included. Now, this is going to be expensive because uh, a couple of years ago, they put out a Super Mario Brothers where you had Mario and it's electronic. You put batteries in it so he makes noises and he would even keep score. 
so you could play along. You could create your own Super Mario levels, and he could stomp Goombas and hit like the the question boxes, and and it would make sounds. Just adorably fun set to play with. And so now, finally, Luigi gets a Luigi's Mansion set. And uh, right now, uh, it says three new Lego sets inspired by Luigi's Mansion, including Luigi's Mansion Haunt and Seek expansion set, eighty bucks. Ooh. Luigi's Mansion Lab and Poltergust expansion set twenty four ninety nine, and Luigi's Mansion Entryway expansion set thirty nine ninety nine. The new Lego sets also feature familiar characters such as King Boo, Toad, Professor E. Gad, Bogmire, and Polterpup. Now, I also Polterpup, huh? Polterpup, yeah. I expect these are also going to interact probably with the Mario set. I bet you could play together. I wouldn't be that. surprised. Wouldn't be surprised at all. That would be fun, and maybe even. Uh, I, I don't know how all the programming works, but it would be fun because uh, I think part of Luigi's Mansion is Mario had went into the, the mansion and disappeared. Mm. Yeah, I remember. And uh, so Lu- I haven't actually gotten to play much. I know there's a GameCube. I think there's a handheld and there's one for the Switch, Luigi's Mansion 3. And uh, I would like to get that sometime, too. Because, you know, Luigi is the Ghostbuster of the Mario world <laughs> with That's his right. poltergust. So I would like to play with that. And th- th- this is very tempting for me. But 80 bucks. That's the thing. Lego is so expensive that... You really have to be a Lego collector and really want to get this stuff if you're going to go after it. Because wow. I like the look of Legos, talking about the characters, not so much the, the blocks and all that, but yeah. it's just not my thing. But I like my. Uh, I know some people who have Lego wannabe things, and they give me to give them to me as far as the little character things. Yeah. But as far as uh, as far as the the blocks and all, that, it's just too expensive for me personally. Yeah, that's just my eighty dollars for Lego is a lot. For yeah, me. that's a lot for me. And I want my PS five, but it's you know yeah yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. just me. Yeah, but I mean, these are really, really cool. I will are, definitely say mean, that. And if I nice. had the money to be a Lego collector, I probably would collect a yeah. lot of different sets. I'd have those Harry Potter sets. I'd build Hogwarts. I don't um, think I have enough patience. And to be truthful, and this is, you all don't know me, but uh, I don't feel one of my hands very well because of some of the surgery stuff I've been through. Yeah. And I don't have the nerves to feel it all. I, one of the things that drives me nuts with that is it's hard to use that hand when I'm trying yeah. to say, and I don't know if I could do the Lego things that well because be, they'd be falling out of my hand, believe yeah, me. I know. I it's annoying. Understand. It'd be yeah. annoying. I'm glad I, it's your left hand, though, and not your right hand. Oh, yeah, yeah, because I'm right handed. Yeah. And believe me, because even playing games, I've said this before, but I'll be trying to, like, let's say the wrestling games, that's one I like the most. I try to do that, and I'll find my characters running in circles. <laughs> Yeah. And things, and I'm like, what's going on? What's the game's broken? I looked at, and I'm like, oh no, I couldn't feel that I have a finger uh, pushed on the running button, and I didn't know it. Like, oh cause, goodness, because it's on the little trigger, like yeah, yeah. L two or whatever. And, and I got a PS five, but anyway, so it's on the L two, and I don't know it because yeah. I can't feel that doggone uh, pinky or whatever it is. Oh god, <laughs> it's man, it's annoying. <laughs> Yeah, don't have brain surgeries if you can help it, kids. <laughs> but do if it saves your life. Yeah, but it's, yeah, I know if it saves Thank your life. Thank you, Lord but, God. <laughs> yeah. Next thing, and this is exciting. New Toys R Us in New Jersey is <gasps> oh, open. Oh, yay. They expect to have a new store in the UK sometime this year. There's also a website up at ToysRUs.com that you can order some toys. Oh, good. Now, is Jeffrey back? The the, the draft? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, in his own capacity. Somebody bought the, uh, the basically the rights or whatever of sure. Toys R Us sure. and cool. has managed to reopen the store. And they were, it's been a while coming because they've been trying to get them back. And I think they've even tried to buy the the name and everything of KB Toy Store to try to put was, that back. I was going to say, the other day, I was you were talking about the commercials earlier. 
I was watching some old commercials and they had the KB Toys commercials. Mm. And I saw that. I don't know if I still have it anywhere. I don't think I do. But we used to have the stuffed toy. Oh, that KB. Oh, the soldier, like soldier guy. Yeah, they used to sell them. You know, and they were huh. so cute. There is a you know the plastic yeah. head and all that. And I love that character. Oh my goodness! I didn't realize they, they had toys of them. Oh, they did. My brother. Got I even worked and, at a KB toy store, but we didn't have toys of them. Well, anymore. when we received them, my brother received them. I think it was like 1987. Mm. 88 maybe maybe he probably didn't go over as well as jeffrey <laughs> but it was uh oh he was lovable you know and he had that look on his face you know and and they he gave them to me eventually and i had them for years but you know what how it happens sometimes mold and other things yeah, come in and, yeah. and destroy your stuff toys as great unfortunately ross and ross and rust and moss destroy that's exactly right <laughs> ross and must ross and must ross must destroy things ross you must know. destroy where's my monkey i knew he was gonna say that yeah <laughs> Uh, but yes, there is. I did look. There is a website up for it as well. Um, Wonderful. Uh, this isn't going to be nearly as fun. But something happened. I'm looking at bounding into comics dot com. Uh, Superman Red and Blue Volume One Number Six. Cover art by Evan Doc Shaner. Which the cover you would never, never imagine what happens in this pages. It seems during the Silver Age. Superman uh, was over a, a country, a, a foreign country, and somebody named Colonel Kozlov captured him. By They had uh, synthesized some synthetic kryptonite radio waves, which robbed Superman of his powers, and they were able to capture him, and eventually Batman did get him out. Now, what they've done... Now, this was a long time ago. This is 1970. World's Finest, Volume 1, Number 192, The Prison of No Escape. I've had some of those, yeah. Words by Bob Haney, art by Ross Andrew, and Mike Esposito. Now, what a new writer has done is decided that what happened to Superman in that prison is what uh, everybody talks about happening in prison to a man in there uh, who, uh, let's say, dropped the soap. And there, uh, the bounding in, into comics has pictures of the artwork, and uh, they have a very humiliated-looking imagery of, of Superman. Now, this is an American icon mm -hmm. of superheroes. I mean, this is the superhero. Uh, this is truth, justice, in the American way, which has already been lost. But uh, to completely wreck him, apparently, is what they've done. But I guess what this was, uh, to me, just as a writer, one of the things that's really challenging, whether it's film or TV or graphic novels, is this sense of false jeopardy when you just know nothing's going to happen to this hero. So you go through the entire story and end up essentially where you began. But yeah, he's he's somehow bringing light to victims by putting Superman through this. But like Superman's supposed to be that character we look up to, and you don't... If, you know, killing him was one thing, and because you, know, you know he's going to come back. But... This is, I don't know, this is different from killing him. This is just, it just seems wrong. Humiliating him. It is, you've humiliated and brought down the role model of superheroes. This is a guy, even he's a fictional character, you look up to, and he, he and in and, and his greatest times, he, he expressed an ideal, you know? back Even back in the Christopher Reeve days, mm -hmm. you know, there was like, you know, they could be a great people, Kal-El. They wish to be. They only need the light to show them the way. He was supposed to represent the American ideals of freedom and well, standing up and doing and Boy Scout or what? And people think Batman's cooler, but even Batman respected Superman for being who he was. Well, and the, the thing that, that irritates me in this sense, if, if I remember right, 
in this situation is uh, not even that as much because this stuff happens, unfortunately, to people. Yeah, who it get, does. Who get things, terrible things happen to them. But um, what bothers me is that's not what makes or breaks a man or a woman or a person, human being. But the fact that they have it as if he had been kidnapped and taken all the time. Didn't they say they put in a false clone or something else of some sort? I don't know. I, didn't, I haven't read that detail in there. Uh, but this uh, it's it's a screenplay writer. He wrote 12 Years a Slave, the screenplay. This is John Ridley. Uh, I can't remember what his... But he's been, this is, I guess he's been making rounds on social media talking about what he's doing. And uh, it's over... Yeah, it's a Soviet... Um, this is where both both um, Superman and Batman were held prisoner in a death camp run by the state's Soviet dictator, Colonel Kozlov. So, you know, it was, it, it, before, I'm sure in the 70s, they were trying to make a, a look at, you know, communism and, and what was going on in Russia and the Soviet Union at the time. I think they were taking a look. I mean, this is right at the tail end of the 60s and the Red Scare, as you would call it. Uh, so, I mean, that was the original intent of uh, looking in on this. And eventually Batman finds a way to escape because because Batman, that's what he does. Mm-hmm. He'll find a way out and he helps Superman get out. Uh, now, one thing that is very interesting. Now, I, I, this was a kind of an interesting story with the Injustice storyline when uh, the Joker tricks Superman into, like, killing Lois and b- blowing up Metropolis, uh, seeing Superman lose it and kill. Uh, the one thing that... Uh, Doing it in an alternate universe is one thing, but doing it in the main DC universe is probably not a good idea. But uh, we have a moment taken from this com- thing where he's meeting with Kozlov at, as Clark Kent. He's he's interviewing Kozlov, and Kozlov is supposed to be expressing remorse over you know all the things he did when he was a Soviet dictator or whatever. And Col- Clark has this vision fantasy of him heat visioning and murdering Kozlov right there at the table. Which, now, I, I don't know if you would say Superman has ever really been tempted to go that far. I think Batman is more likely to ever be tempted to, to cross that line. But Superman has to be that foundation, because if, if he ever crossed that line, that's it. And that's one of the things that makes the Injustice games, and you know, even the, the animated movie wasn't that bad. It was all right. But the game's been better. Is It's the, ask the question, what if... He did cross that line if he got pushed too far. And this would be taken. This is like taking the DC Universe version and pushing him too far where he would cross that line. And he thinks about it. He doesn't act on it, but he thinks about it and has, you know, there's a graphic depiction drawn of him heat visioning a hole right through this Kozlov and just, but it's like, we don't, we don't need to see Superman humiliated or losing control or whatever because you've, you've broken the ideal well, the, the of thing, who he is. <clears throat> the thing that's ridiculous, too, it's always been ridiculous to me, is they're always like, humans always need to be able to connect with Superman. He's not human. He's not human. And he's supposed to be that he's an, an alien that has human-like principles and yeah. human-like characteristics. He grew up in Kansas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he has, he's got this perfect human qualities in personality and strength and the thing is that's what we're supposed to remember yeah that we're supposed to be kind and loving to all people yeah we don't need to be broken down into nothingness why do people always try to relate him to us instead of trying to relate us to him as far as we don't have to go through heck in a handbasket in order to have a good heart yeah but this is like humiliating him is like breaking the superman it's Mm -hmm. like don't you don't break who somebody that we can look up to. Mm-hmm. 
that's the thing. I mean, because he was, he's supposed to, like I said, he represents the ideals, truth, justice, and the American way, even though they've, they've broken that now too. Yeah. But the, you know, the American way was freedom for all. That was the, the thing. It was, it was a worldwide vision because mm-hmm. part of the American way is that we, we have liberty and we have free. And that's what we look to that we wanted to share with the world. And, but, but, you know, standing up for truth and justice, the American way, well, that's the, and they've broken that. And now by this, it's like, they've completely, now he's a destroyed and he's a broken man. Well, they'll never break my Superman. Cause to me personally, I'm talking about me, Philip. Yes. Yeah. I've said my last name. And the reason is, is because for me personally, the Superman that I'm into is the original yeah. Superman creation from way back when, where it is true he justice and something. the American way right. and that's he was, where i stand and always he stood be up and one of the things I, some of the best superman writing and uh, um that's the last some of the last superman comics i got is you know what he could capably do mm-hmm, if don't. you let go but there's this great moment where um <clears throat> he, he's he's stopping these like that uh, I, I don't I don't remember if they were i think they robbed a bank or something these two guys but they were in a car and they had fully armed guns and superman just kind of you know Shows up, just mm-hmm. starts stopping in front of him. Just doesn't have to do anything. It's just like, no, you're done. Yeah, that's it. That's it. You're <clears> done. <throat> Here I am. And one guy goes ahead and shoots him, and then he tosses his gun away after he shoots the Superman. Because you know, I had to at least try. Yeah, that's it. But but he's like, he doesn't have to crush people. Batman is going to break your arm. Okay, yeah. Superman. <clears throat> he has all the power. He could annihilate you, and he doesn't. He doesn't use force if he doesn't have to. That's right. Which is even something was great about the classic He-Man and the Masters of the Universe that was pretty brilliant in its own way is He-Man didn't use force that he didn't have to. Exactly. He I has, love that about him. He's the most powerful man in the universe, but he didn't break people in the old days. He he used his head and he used his strength, but he used it in smart ways. But they but they were teaching us as children to look for better ways. Exactly. We were learning. That was, it was such a, a great cartoon back few, in the day. A few, few years back, <laughs> I'm sad about this, but a few years back, I had some people that were kept on literally physically hitting me. And uh, when they kept hitting me, I would I would turn my head. Every time they go to hit me, I turned my head. And I turned it again and again. And they kept saying, get, saying, you know, are you going to hit me back? I said, no, I'm not going to hit you back. And then they tried to hit me again, and I caught their hand. And they said, oh, you're trying to hurt me. I said, no, I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm see, stopping you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You see, the thing is, is it takes more of a man. And by that, I'm talking about more of a good human being, human being. Yeah, man, mankind. Mankind. Humankind. Humankind. Yeah. It takes more one to not do what you want to do right. than to do what you want to do. Just because you can beat them up doesn't, doesn't give you the right to. That's right. Remember, with great power comes great, great responsibility. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Pete. Right. <laughs> to, to quote a little bit of Jeff yeah. Goldblum in there. Little, little Jurassic Park, little Spider-Man, Uncle Ben, uh, you know. But a little that's, bit all of it. But that's the thing, just because you can. Now, you need to probably be able to protect yourself because you might oh, have to different. save your own life. That's different. But there, and that's a whole different situation than someone who's just kind of being a jerk and trying to start some stuff. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, even when I was uh, taking karate classes in college, the we did heck a, a three strike kind of thing where the idea if we got in a situation and somebody's just attacking we had ways we could take control of the situation maybe bring them down to the ground but we're not we're not gonna hurt you I mean you're mm-hmm. gonna feel a little pain but we're not damaging we're not hurting you but you do that enough times where they get the idea no incidentally as but a, and if they don't learn by the third time that's when you knock their butt out even yes but, but you do it like, quick even as a pastor I'll tell you this. You are to turn the other cheek. That doesn't mean you're supposed to keep turning your cheek like a punching bag. God doesn't yeah. want that. He doesn't want that. He doesn't want you to be beaten. And hurt. No, 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 no. Yeah. We're to be use wisdom and self-confidence and self-control 
Because God doesn't want you to be hurt. If you're ever in a situation, I mean this, if you ever find yourself a woman or man, ever find yourself in a situation where you're being physically hurt or being hurt inside or out, get away from that situation yeah. now. Yeah, protect yourself, but you don't don't go for revenge. No, vengeance is mine, say the Lord. Yeah, yeah. Men who go for revenge start by digging two graves. <laughs> Amen. That's a good. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. I, I don't remember who even where that quote comes from. I think it was but, Confucius or something. But but it's I tell true. you, it sounds like it mm-hmm. sounds like Mr. Miyagi. It sounds like a Miyagi thing. Yeah, <laughs> it does. Men I like go it. for revenge start by digging two graves. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So you don't want revenge, but you you it's, you do, need to probably be able to protect yourself. Yes. But never go out of anger or revenge no. because. No. That's the dark side, brother. That's it. Anger. Yeah. Hates We're combining right. lots of things, yeah. but it's all true. <laughs> so you find ways to end the conflict. In fact, one of the things I love, one of the, one of the cool things I learned, even when I had a kubaton, which is basically it's like a keychain, but it's like a longer stick, so it's an extension. But I learned I to stick your middle finger. Uh, and, and you can find this on your feel for yourself mm-hmm. right there at the bottom of your collarbone, right at the throat. You can, if you can stick your hand out and have that finger right there and stiffen that arm up, they can't come any closer. Because if they move forward, it kind of chokes at them. But you're not doing harm, but they can do harm to yourself. But it, it does send a message. Keep back. I've had to use that on someone before. So, but it's where I don't want to have to hurt you. But it's, you can, and that's one of the things we learn in karate classes. We let somebody, somebody's going to learn. I have the potential to hurt you, but I'm choosing not to. Mm-hmm. Now, but I'm going to give you three chances before I'm going to have to take you completely out. Yeah. And by the way, we're not talking about going around beating up folks. We don't yeah, mean, they you don't, don't go around no. picking fights, but it's it's a good idea to study, you know, to protect yourself. You may have yeah. to protect your family. You never know, yeah. which is why I'm OK with gun rights, because I want to be able to protect. Yeah. I believe now, in I'm, I'm afraid I don't have a gun because I'm afraid I, you know, I can have a temper. I'm I'm animated, as you said, yeah. but I, I'm afraid I'd use it. And I, I wouldn't want to end up using it the wrong way. I would want to only be able to protect, but I would hate to have to kill someone. I personally am a very... But if they're coming in, if they're going to hurt my wife or something, no, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to take you down. I'm personally because very... Because I, I, it's better you than my wife. Thank I'm you. I'm a very peaceful man. Yeah. Uh, you may not know this about me, but I am a very peaceful, peaceful man. Very loving man. At the same time, I love my folk. And yeah. I'll always do what I can I'll, to protect I will, them. Heck, I, even if I don't know a person, I will protect. Me too. Me too. I will protect. And be careful, because it may yeah. be dressed like Superman, Spider-Man, whatever. Yeah. And you yeah. won't like that. That'll look so silly. And heck, I even I had it. <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to get into the whole situation, but I had a situation even just this past year that I had. It, I didn't have to become physical and everything. Thank God. But uh, I had to step up and says, no, no. It's this. Even it, sometimes it's the abuse doesn't have to be physical. No. That somebody's inflicting. But I had to put a stop to it. Sure. And I uh, but I was glad that it went down a bit more peaceable. But it meant that I had to take some you know hollering or whatever, somebody getting into my face. But it's God willing, you can be calm in that and like, hey, okay, this is this has got to stop. All right, there's a sense of power in that. Dude. Yeah, and then I knew it wasn't my power. No, I really exactly. Did. But, I knew it wasn't me because I mean I'm I'm a skinny skinny armed fat guy. So, <laughs> but when you know when you that's the thing is when you talk about turning the other cheek. One thing that I've, I've heard pointed out: never told you to back down when you're doing no, the right, right thing. Sure, okay, you need to slap that cheek. Okay, go ahead, hit the other one. But I'm not backing off. That's right. It doesn't mean that you tr- change your mind. Right. I'm not changing my mind. I'm just gonna let you because like, do you, is that what you need? But yeah. when I'm doing the right thing and I'm standing up for what's right, I don't have to be violent. Now, a lot of people could learn from that because there was a lot of stuff that people were trying to do what they thought was the right thing. And they went to violent means. That's not the way to do it. Nope. When you do right, you just have to stand and say, no, this, I'm not going to move. No, you move. That's right. Captain America. Amen. 
Then right. you just stand your ground. It's like, no, I know what I'm doing is right, but I don't have to be violent to, to stand on what's right. That's right. If you have to be violent, then you're not, you don't have legs to stand on. Now, sometimes, though, you have to protect, and that's where you have to be violent sometimes because you're protecting. Yeah. But that's until we're on a completely different tangent, yeah. aren't we? That's a totally different thing than standing <clears throat> on a principle. Standing on a principle, you know what? If I have to take the hit to stand on a principle and I'm going to, somebody's going to insult me for standing on principle, then you just insult mm-hmm. because I know what I'm doing. I'm standing for right and I know what powers me to do it. That's right. But there's a big difference between that and so when you have an instance like, say, World War II, the world yep. is under threat and danger. That's when, yeah, we need to go to war. We have yep. to stop this. We're in defense anyway. So you have to <laughs> learn that there is a time and a place for a violent attack. That's right. But most of the time, it's not necessary. But That's there right. are times. Yeah, there are right. times. But anyways, I'm going to tangent. Uh, we're, we're, we're teaching. It's my this fault. Is a, this is a fun show. I think it's my fault. I think I somehow got it yeah. going. I don't it's, even know how. But this is a, a show. But that's, but no, I, but that's Superman. Yeah, that's, that's Superman. Right. That's what it was. All the potential in the world to crush. And he doesn't that's do it. it. That's it. And I love what they, it, you know, Superman Returns may not have been a great Superman movie. No. But that moment where he's, he's stopping like these, uh, I don't, these might have been big robbers I still again, love the movie, But uh, I love the moment where he's got the guy that's got the fully automatic Gatlin gun. He's just, and Superman's just walking up to him. And the guy finally just gives that up, pulls out the gun, shoots the Superman right in the eye. And Superman's just like, are we done? Yeah. He could have taken that guy apart, but he doesn't. That's right. But he stops you. So like, you're, you're going to jail, but I don't have to like maim you. So yeah. that's one of the things. And even when they do crossover to Superman and Batman, Batman, I, uh, I think it's part of the uh, Hush first storyline. You know, when he's rescuing this kid from uh, from Killer Croc, he's like, "Well, Clark would have probably something something nice to say, and maybe they'd be better off with Clark." But they didn't get Clark. They got me because yeah. <laughs> Batman has a completely different way he does things. But he's also living in a very different city. But. He, you know, because Batman will break your arm. Superman will just like, by the time you're done with Superman, Superman might even have a good talk to you. Mm-hmm. I've seen stuff where he had like, there was a new villain in some Superman comics and where Superman's like, hey, I don't know why you're doing this, but look, I, believe me, I can and I will stop you. Yeah. But let's, why are you doing what you're doing? Because let, let's talk this out because I mean, there's still a chance to change course, but just know this. I can and I will stop you. Like one of my my favorite Superman lines that's uh, in cartoons and in that Injustice game when Superman would enter, this ends now. Yeah, that's right. That is Superman. And one of my favorite, there's several times where Superman and Batman, people always talk about Batman can destroy Superman. Let me tell you something. There's been several times where it's happened where Batman got mad and went to punch and uh, hurt his hand because he punched Superman. Superman turned with the punch. He goes, "You just better be glad I turned with it." Yeah. And he goes. Yeah. He, otherwise, he goes. He, you know, I would have broke your. He goes. He goes. Thank goodness. He looks through his hand and sees. He goes. Thank goodness because it didn't break any of your bones. And and he's like, yeah. He could yeah. Bruce. That's why I was like, oh, they know he could destroy him in a second yeah. flat, but he doesn't. And it's one of the things I just love about Kal-El. Is that, that's Superman's real name. Yeah. Kal-El. <laughs> in case you didn't know. Yeah, in case you didn't know. Yeah, he, uh, he's great that way. That yeah. He could, but he doesn't. He doesn't do it. Because he cares enough. And, and that's what we can learn from. Yeah. I love him. The real Superman. <laughs> and oh, golly, even um, there's something I was watching this week where they... And it's an old movie where most people probably didn't know the quote of great power and great responsibility. Oh, Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf. Yes. They, they showed a clip out of Teen Wolf. It's like, 
where he's telling him, it's like, well, you're going to have a lot of power there. I want to call him Marty, but it wasn't Marty and Teen Wolf, but it was, it was still Michael J. Fox. But like, you have an awful lot of power, but with that power comes a greater responsibility. Mm. I'm like, somebody totally ripped off Stanley, man. Oh, sure. But it's like, I knew where that come from. But every time I watch Teen Wolf and they have that little conversation. But it's like, and, and that goes for everybody. Everybody has some sort of level of power and talent, but you have a responsibility. And Superman was that icon. And by disgracing Superman, they've kind of disgraced a lot of what he stands for. Yeah, that's right. So should not have been done. But I want to get on, get moving. I have one other thing I wanted to kind of pick out. This was uh, uh, Mark Brooks posted this to his Twitter page. He apparently does work for Marvel, but he listed this out. Step one, find a problem that's small or doesn't exist at all. Step two, make the problem seem massive and all-encompassing. Step three, convince simple people of said massive problem. Step four, propose that you have the only solution to the problem you created. And step five, profit. That is, as, as uh, oh, I forgot the comics writer. Um, he's one of the leading names of what they call the comics gate. Because he, he's pointing out that there's more people interested in an agenda or social justice than they are in writing a good story or creating good characters. And he says, well, there's the playbook right here. And you start with a problem that's small or doesn't exist at all. Make it a big problem. Get those simple-minded to think that you're the solution to it. And they do this in the, in the world. You see this happening. The only thing is step five, profit, not working. But they're not learning. And uh, when, he, when this guy was even looking in, and he's got a, he's got a YouTube video. I forgot. It's like, a, but he's a twenty year veteran of comics. Uh, he used to work at DC before he starting his own company. But somebody left a comment uh, pointing out where it's like one of the things that thought was a problem that oh, there's a bunch of women. Like forty six percent of the readers of comics are women. Uh oh, we better get more women writers. And somebody in the comments pointed out, well, this forty six percent of women readers didn't seem to need more women in comics. They were enjoying it. It was it was. You didn't really need to change anything. Having more women writers is fine, but you hired a bunch of people with an agenda and not because they're good writing talents of telling a good story. Um, now, I had a lot of other stuff to kind of bring in that I was going to go into what is Comicsgate, and you could even tell the difference if you look up the difference between there's comicsgate.fandom.com and what they explain about it. And they're talking about basically this has to do with people coming in. And this has happened in television. It happens with movies where people come in. They're more focused on an agenda than being able to tell you a good story. And one thing, Gene Roddenberry did a lot of things to change the world with Star mm-hmm, Trek. He sure did. But he didn't tell you you needed something or something needed to change. He showed you a world where things were a little bit better and you could see it. Ohura is a great example I'll of a character. Her, yeah. They didn't make a big deal that, oh, look, we have a black woman and, and she's a communications officer on the bridge of a starship. Yep. And look on this starship. We have, a, you know, Sulu. We have a Russian. We have people from all over the world exploring space together. They didn't make a big deal of it. They just did it. And it was awesome. It shows the world coming together. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to talk about it. He just did something. But nowadays they have so much agenda and they want to preach it that they're, they've, they don't, Show us a better world. They tell us this is the only way you're ever going to get a better world, whether or not they're right about it or not. Yeah. And that's that's kind of the problems. But when you look at different versions, like Wikipedia's version of Comicsgate calls them a crazy conspiracy right wing group. Huh. It's like, no, that's not the case at all. This is people who are just saying, like, look, we, you, we used to have writers that showed us a better way, like Superman just showed us a better way. And you realize though, and now they're preaching at us with you, agendas. And you realize that Wikipedia, yeah, is just Ugh. a fan. 
who writes something. Yeah. It's not necessarily <laughs> And they, they the pulled from articles that had a bias. Yeah. Because so, all they need is an article somewhere. And, so that's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah. it, it, that's just how it is, folks. I yeah. Mean, I didn't know that for the long time. And I was like, then I suddenly realized that it's written by so-and-so. And And you're like, so-and-so? Well, that could be anyone. That could be me. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But I want to get the show moving and get back to a fun direction. Sure, sure. Mama, now the gator got in the house. Now the gator? Give me that sugar. Get him, Mama. Get that gator. The Neverland Trailer Park. Now, you make me nervous. Okay, Philip is kind of acting out with the, the pain being inflicted on Randy in that. But he's got actual problems with, with his head and pains that when he flinches like that, I worried for a second that he was having an actual pain. Don't do that. That was funny. That's not funny. Well, what you all can't see is I have this uh, bump in my head. Yeah, from the set. Well, we t- we've talked about it before yes. that you have your... your uh, your implants to try to stop your seizures. Yeah, and, stuff. and uh, it's yeah, it's, and called, pains, it's called a but, port. But yeah, it it it, uh, it sticks up, and I was grabbing a hold of it like I was really getting hit yeah, in the head with a shovel. And he thought, don't. That's not cool, dude. Not cool. He, he thought I was having a seizure or something, and oh, I thought you might have great. been having a pain. Oh, that's uh, great. That's anyways, great. first trailer. Here we go. <sighs> I want to show you something. Behold! Kind of looks like a hole, but uh, I'm going to assume it's more than that based on the way you set it up. There's a lot of text right now. To your Belubiuses, because I know exactly where we should go. Tell us in song. I thought you'd never ask. Doesn't it make you wonder what else is out there? What else is connected? So Fraggle Rock. Gosh, that is catchy. January 21st, Fraggle Rock Back to the Rock coming to Apple TV Plus. Now that sounds fun. Now, here's this this could be good, but this could be sometimes you bring something back they don't do it quite right. Now, here's here's what makes me nervous of how people are reacting. This video, this is the official trailer, 54,798 views. Out of those 54,000, nearly 55,000 people, 948 likes. YouTube currently does not show you how many dislikes they're getting. Yeah. Well, I'll be getting... Comments are turned off. Oh. That speaks volumes to me of the concerns that people may have because... The people who go and we were talking about people who don't write, but they they come in with an agenda. Mm-hmm. Could be. They will take an established name and throw their agendas really far. Now, and granted, the original Fraggle Rock had a lot of 
kind of lessons, and it came from a little bit of a, you know, a bit of a hippie-ish point of view in well, a way. Well, it was. It was a little bit. It, but it wasn't bad, and there was no. still something magical about fragile, fra- fragile rock. <laughs> fragile rock. I like it. And I think a lot of people are concerned with the people who are because. The Jim Henson Productions, I mean, not yeah. always do we get good stuff out of, out of the, even the Muppets these days. That's true. So I think there, there, there's a concern. Now, I'm going to wait until I get a look at something. I'm going to see it. But I You'll think people are afraid of what people may have done with the Fraggles. I'm going to be getting Apple this week, actually. So yeah. I will hook It's only up. five bucks even. Yeah. Heck, I'm, 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 I'm gonna considering be getting adding it, so it to our, our channel listing, too. I hope they'll be able to help you with yeah, that. Yeah, so. we'll, we'll take a look. Yeah. We'll take yeah. a look, and then let's see what they've done with Fraggle Rock. I'll be able it to get could tonight, be good. hopefully. I'm withholding judgment yep. until I see more than this, because this was, it's a catchy little fun song. Yeah. It's great hearing the Fraggles. I love the Fraggles, seeing the Fraggles yeah. back again. So we'll just see. What, what, I can't remember his name right now. What was the one that had the hat on? Uh, uh, boober? Was was that, boober? Yeah, it was Boober. Yeah, it was Boober. Well, well then what was, what was the one? I get him confused. Wembley was the yellow guy. Wembley is the Those two were my favorite. Yeah, Boober I and Wembley. Wembley and Boober. Yeah, those are my... I always related with the nerds because that's, you know, what can I say? Uh... <laughs> without, uh, without saying yeah, anything. Yeah, Boober was more depressed except he for his Boober. laundry. He loved his laundry. He, lo- he loved his laundry. Yes. Yeah, I loved him. <laughs> Down a Fraggle Rock. Down a Fraggle Rock, yeah. yeah. I loved him, though. He was the Eeyore. He was the Eeyore. Yeah. But I loved him. I yeah. love that you didn't see his eyes. And yet, <laughs> and yet Wembley, his eyes were everywhere. It was his eyes. Wembley was fun. Oh, he was, he was. He was a blast. He had almost a Simpsons look with his eyes. You know? <laughs> yeah. Of course, it was before the Especially Simpsons. Especially because he still. was yellow. I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah, he was great. He was yellow and he was a little cowardly. Yeah, he was. I loved him. Yeah, yeah. he was great. Well, he was great. Oh, and his eyes actually had a full motion to where yeah. you rotate his oh, roll. His eyes. Great. Like, oh, And were the... the uh, I can't remember their names. They start with the D, I think. The little the doozers. Doozers. The doozers are I back. love them, man. Yeah, always building little things. And then the big people. And the fraggles would eat them because they were made out of radishes. Yeah, and then the big people. The giants, the Gordon. The Gorgon. Gorgons? Gorgon. 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 I think they're Gorgons, I think. I think it was a good Gorgon. Maybe, yeah. But the Gorgon is what Medusa was one of the Gorgons. Maybe you're right. I just remember I, that, I like the big people that yeah, are there, too. They were, we got Fuego! Yeah, Fuego's. Yeah, yes. <laughs> they're great. Because they were always raiding the garden for radishes. I used to have this uh, kid I, I knew of who was around who, who had a hard time. With some of his, he had a speech impediment. And I swear to you, he... Uh, he was heavy set, but he had a, a he had a hard time saying certain things, and he sounded just like that kid, a big guy. Oh, and he goodness. moved around like I mean, uh, he goes, "I'll get y'all, I'll get you, Fraggles." <laughs> oh goodness, I'm looking forward to that. Yep, we've got a lot more stuff to do, so I'm going to dive into our very next trailer, a game trailer this time. <laughs> some dialogue in this. I forgot. At the eastern edge of the Sundom, the Oseram stake their claims on the frontier. Tinkers. Builders. Revelers. Meanwhile, the Karja guard their border, afraid of what lies beyond. In the Forbidden West. In plain song, a red blight consumes the fields, threatening to destroy the cycle of life and rebirth. The Utaru 
sing to heal the land. But no hymn will save them. And further west, the Tanakh. Three clans. Each as different as the lands they dominate. After generations of bloodshed, they now cling to a fragile peace, faced with a new enemy. Regala and her rebels. Yet as deadly as they are, there are rumors of an even stronger tribe. Strangers pass the shore, searching for secrets on the very edge of the West. Horizon, for well, Horizon 2, Forbidden <laughs> West. Coming out exclusively to PlayStation 5. I think PS4 is probably going to get a version. Probably. This is the sequel to Horizon Zero Dawn. Now, this... This was kind of like a sleeper hit. I mean, I hadn't, I didn't hear anything about the game when it came out, but I started seeing some gameplay of it, and I do own it digitally. Uh, I haven't finished it. It is, it is beautiful to look at. It is amazing what they did, and uh, there's there's a lot of great stuff about the game. Now, I I couldn't quite get into it. I think part of it was it was too much stealthing, and I got kind of bored. And I I I think it's a slow developing story. But what's cool about this? This is and basically, it's an apocalyptic future where the machines have won, and you have all these machine uh, animals that are running around, and and it seems like you're, you're almost this fantasy, like this other world, and you're playing this this woman, uh, oh, Aloy, Aloy, and uh, you get to go as a child with her, and then see her grow up and become a hunter, and she hunts these machines because they use the the scraps of the machines to continue to survive. But what makes this amazing to look at is you see remnants of our world, hmm. but it's been like reclaimed by the earth. You know, you might see the ruin of like some skyscraper, but like it's covered in moss and and plants. I mean, this is like thousands of years after we fell mainly to the machines. But what is cool is like one of the first things you do in uh, Horizon Zero Dawn is as a child you're playing Aloy and she gets lost in this building and you, you can find little bits of old technology, which everybody kind of fears technology because technology crushed humans, but everybody's forgotten what the world had been like, like during our time or anything like that. But she finds all these different like data recordings and can, and finds audio recordings of what was happening at the end of our world. And it's been, you know, thousands of years since then. And you've got a completely tribal and a whole new different, world but just looking around at the world it is a beautiful and it's amazing because it's like a natural world but yet you see the remnants of cities underneath this this world and are I mean, you it's trying amazing. to say it's the end of the world as you know it but you feel fine but i feel fine that's good yeah and I, one of these days i should finish playing it but i had a hard time really getting into it because i don't like doing stealth games so much mm. and i felt like i had to spend most of the time crouched down hiding because uh, you get spotted by one of these machines, and it will summon the herd and run you off. You know, reminds you a little bit of Terminator time. Yeah, is it, but, but imagine the machines are like animals, and but they don't oh, know where yeah. where these animal things are being masturbated. But it's the designs on these machines is so cool, and they they get creative where because you have like a bow and arrow, and you can like specifically target 
certain areas of that machine. Like, okay, if I hit this, that's the sensor on that machine. If I hit that, maybe it won't even detect me, you know. But I got more in the habit of sneaking up and I have this great big spear and I would sneak up and stealth kill everything. I wasn't <laughs> getting into like, let me use my bow because, you know, I'm, I have a hard time aiming with sometimes with my thumbs. So I'm yeah. not, you know, I can aim fairly good with thumb stuff, but I'd rather, when I'm going to be precise, I'd rather have my mouse because you can get right to it. Uh, but it's, it's kind of hard to be that precise and quick with a bow. And so I, I really kind of struggled with it and I couldn't really get into it, but I can see why it grew with such a fan base. It is an amazing and beautiful game and it's it's what I call just great science fiction. Yeah, that's... I mean, we've yes, we've seen apocalyptic worlds and we've heard, yes, the machines have conquered the humans. It's been done before, but this this isn't during the war of the, the humans and the machines. This is the the machines won and the humans don't even remember that they lost this war, that you know, it even happened. I mean... The, the more we get games like this... I got to tell you, the more we get games like this and all, the whole, uh, I can't think of the name of the rooms now, but uh, on Star Trek The Next Generation, they'd have those rooms that they'd go to. The holodeck? The holodeck. Yeah. It's starting to to see more and more, starting to see more and more feasible. (laughs) It really is because. You got VR experiences you can go in and do it right now. You do. And the the games are seeming, I'm not saying they look 100%, but they're seeming more real. Yeah. Well, heck, did you get a chance to ever look at that uh, that Matrix thing that they put out where they're basically showcasing Unreal Engine 5 or whatever? And they're like, you know, it's going to be harder to tell the real from the computer graphic because they've gotten that good. And when I was a young man, I remember, and I real young, I'm talking like 18, 19, and I'm sitting there <laughs> well, thinking. Heck, even with the age when we were playing Atari, oh, we couldn't yeah. imagine I, I, what they I mean, can do now. I couldn't imagine. I was sitting there thinking, man, there's just no way it's ever going to. But man, I can see it now thinking, no, the king. But it's just, it's, it's just unbelievable. It's amazing with the stuff that, that we've managed to do with yeah. games. And now, and especially we, the level, the level <laughs> of storytelling that we can do in a game now, it's, it's the same as any blockbuster movie, except for you've got what, 10 hours you can put the story in compared to like the two hours they yeah. squeeze a movie in. Now, you I mean, you can have, heck, Final Fantasy VII Remake, man, I put over 40 hours into that thing. Yeah, when, mean, I was a, when I was a kid, it was da 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 That was it. <laughs> you didn't have a whole lot of story going on, but there it was. But, yeah, we knew, but hey, we loved it. We loved it. If it weren't for that, you wouldn't have what we got now. Right. So I appreciate everybody. Everybody who's involved with all of them, the, yeah. the million, I'd say millions. Millions people. and millions of the Rocks fans. And okay. billions. Yeah. <laughs> and I believe, though, that this game comes out in March, and I'm going to keep the show moving by there getting us into some movie reviews, because I got a lot of movies to review. Oh, Want to see a movie? Yeah. Any good? It was bad. I'm fuzzy on the whole good, bad thing. My eyeballs could have been sucked from their sockets. I like it a lot. The best movie ever made. A, a fandom, fandom Nexus, Nexus movie review. All right. First thing I have on my list, and I'm going to pull up the IMDb on this because I want to kind of list out some of the the actors that contributed to this. Now, this is a trailer I talked about a while back. I thought, well, you know, this looks cute. It looks like a short circuit and kind of that uh, Baymax a little bit. This is called Ron's Gone Wrong. Did you get a chance to watch this? I believe it's on both Disney Plus. I did not get to see Ron's Gone Wrong yet, but I want to see it. Uh, I was thinking, so yeah, let's just watch it. It'll be light and fun. Oh, this movie was adorable. Oh, I want to see that. It now. really was. I had a good time watching it. It was fun. And I came up and I was telling, Mo, you know, Heather, you know, I was coming up for like food or whatever because I was watching it downstairs. And she was watching anime or something. I says like, this is very much short circuit. It's like they lifted the plot of short circuit and put it out there. But it's got it's got a poignant message because what we have here is 
a company that's the equivalent of Apple, who makes the new smart device, but it's this little robot. This little robot is designed to know everything about you and then use that information to help you make friends. But you're only going to make friends with people it tells you that you're compatible with. Huh. And it's not because you met that person at all in real life. It's because the robot says, oh, you're going to be friends with that person through your robot. Now, at the same time, one of the head people of this company is like, we're getting all of this information about you so we can sell you things. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Yeah, very much so. That's But it's basically showcasing, hey, you, this seems like a, some crazy futuristic science fiction because we all have these little robots, but this is happening now. And it kind of points out, because Ron, the little robot, has been damaged. He's got a short circuit, and he's huh. got a mind of his own, and he doesn't have any of the functionality that he's supposed to have. And he teaches us, all the people in there, how to make real friends. Because there's even a couple of people, they were fr- actually apparently were friends when they were little kids, and now they're in middle school. Their robot says, oh, no, you're not a compatible match. You can't be friends Aww. with them. But when they get around and pass the robots, oh, hey, we used to play together all the time. What do you do now? Oh, well, I'm all into science. Well, I'm not, but hey, you know, we can still be friends, can't we? And it's it's it showcases that that human connection, what real friendship is. And I love the, the, the overall message here because it's about how do you how do you make friends? And it's not about making friends. It's about being a friend. a friend. I like that. Be a friend to somebody. No matter if they're different, somehow different. Be their, be their friend. Don't make them a friend. Be their friend. Yeah. And that's... Oh, it was... It's not a, it's a particularly deep movie or complicated or original, but it's cute. It's fun. And it, it's, it, it's... I think for little kids, I think it teaches a lot. Um, I'm going to tell you something. Jack Dylan Grazer, voice of Barney. We got Ed Helms as Graham. Um, well, who's the other? Like uh, Zach Galifianakis is the voice of Ron. There was oh, a lot of different cute. people who voiced in this. Like that did a really, really great job. Uh, but definitely, I recommend it. But what you're about to say I'm now? I'm going to say, uh, I've had a lot of friends that people throughout my life would tell me not to be friends with them. And like, oh, they're not cool or... Uh, in, I'm talking 80s now. Yeah, cool yeah. used to be the word they used is not sick because that's, in my opinion, really ridiculous because sick has how many versions of uh, <laughs> definitions. But anyway, uh, they would say, don't be friends with them. No. Look, I say you be friends with who not only you want to be friends with, but be friends with them despite what others say. Yeah. And who yeah. knows? I believe God puts people in your life for a reason. Yeah. I believe yeah. that. You'd be a friend to somebody you never know how that person might bless your I, life that I you never would have thought. Try to befriend people who try not to befriend you in the sense that I'm not saying be their punching bag, but at the same yeah. time, there's been people who've been my enemy and I treated them the way I wanted them to, to treat me. And we end up becoming the dearest of friends. So for instance, my best friend in the world, Seth, you know him. Mm-hmm. First day we met, he he took a block and hit me in the head with it <laughs> yeah, and said he hated me. Guess what? We're the best of friends now. We have been since we are five years old. Yeah. You just never know. Yeah. You never uh, know. Abraham Lincoln even said, like, have I not destroyed my enemies by making friends with them? That's right. I had a guy who's wanting to punch me in the mouth when I was in my early 20s. We became good, good pals for a very long time. And this is the kind of stuff you do if you just reach out and make yeah. a friend. You never yep. know what's going to happen. Don't yep. worry about what other people say. Find that person that doesn't seem to have any friends and just seems to be unlovable. Be there for be the friend of it that person. It could very well be because they're going through a rough time and they need a new yeah. friend. And they you may be the the change. Yeah, you, you may, may be, be the, the very change. one that I'll just say it, maybe the very well very one that God needs to use to help them. Yeah. 
you never know how mm-hmm. you can change a life and how right. they may change your life for the That's better. It. And you just, no one maybe ever gives them the chance. That's it. Be that friend. Be that friend. Especially those of you, I, <sighs> I love this um, from the author Frank Peretti. Uh, has this great talk I've heard him give where like he was looking at the the world of you got people who will bully or whatever. It's like, you know what? Those of you, you got muscles in your earlobes. <laughs> you know why you've become the bigger, stronger game. You're that great athlete. And so you can be a friend to that little nerdy kid. Mm-hmm. So when somebody comes and wants to bully them, say, uh-uh, no, nobody's going to hurt mm-hmm. them. Not on my watch. Not on my watch. You be that friend of that person, and you can be that protector, and you'll you'll gain the most loyal friend ever. It's like, hey, this is a person who's got my back, who's stuck by me when nobody else would. When these people want to hurt me, this is a person who says, no, right. not on my watch. I'm not going to allow it, brother. because that's what <laughs> Superman would do. Amen. That's right. This The theme of the show today is Superman. That's right. It's become the theme. That's There's so right. much we learn, but that's I, I love that. It's like, you know what? Be that guardian on the hill that says, nope, these guys are now my friends. Those, those people that you hate just because they're different or whatever, I'm their friend, and I'm going to make sure you don't hurt them. That's right. I won't let you. And remember, in the movie Superman, Superman the movie, who, uh, what's your name? Who am I? A friend. A friend. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Speaking to the not-so-friendly superheroes, though. <laughs> Moving on to the next movie. I, and this has you know, been an old, long-time-coming movie. But uh, I, I did some rental stuff, and uh, so I've had three movies that I got to watch this week. The first one being Venom, which is stupid monster fun. Pretty much it. I mean, it's, it's, it's a monster movie. That's down to the bare bones of it. It is a monster movie, and I actually had a lot of fun watching it. You know, it's uh, it, it does borrow a lot of great stuff from the comics. You have the Life Foundation making appearance in this movie, um, but it's it's not particularly deep. But I had a good time, and I even the uh, I haven't paid a lot of attention to Venom since I, mean, I think the last comics I got was like the early two thousands, uh, where the Venom symbiote kind of went off on his own a bit. Uh, but uh, I you know I haven't really paid attention too much since then. But I actually had a good time watching this movie and even learned of a character called Riot, who was like the main villain, um, which Riot, uh, let's see, I, I looked up where he had come from, uh, there, but there's a lot of different stuff, but Ryan, uh, Riot is like one of the spinoff symbiotes that came from Venom, uh, first appeared in 1993 in Venom, Lethal Protector number four, he was unnamed, and then Carnage USA number two, uh, January 2012 is where he first appeared as Riot. But yeah, this is, I didn't, um, I didn't really get into a lot of the spinoff symbiotes uh, at the time. Uh, I mean, back in the 90s, they started really breaking off and having all these different symbiotes. They had the separation anxiety and all this other stuff. It started getting a little over the top where they had so many different symbiotes I couldn't keep up. Uh, one of them symbiotes was Carnage, and of course we'll get into that. But yeah, so I watched Venom this week and I actually enjoyed it. Had a good time. Uh, it's 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 like I said, it's stupid, kind of mindless monster movie fun uh this is actually something i would recommend i think you know be, if i watch it again i might watch it next october for like a halloween movie because it was a monster movie it really was so uh but it, it did have some humor to it and everything uh because venom uh, the symbiote himself is kind of funny one thing i uh did find odd is basically the phrase we are venom uh it basically in, implies the the symbiote 
and Eddie Brock together are Venom. The symbiote is an alien, and, and I, uh, the the name Venom isn't something the symbiote had on its own. I don't believe from from what I recall in the nineties, it was something together. They were Venom because they were poisoned to Spider Man, uh, which later, I mean, that their whole relationship with Spider Man has kind of changed uh, throughout the years. But then also. I went ahead and I watched the sequel that uh, was this October's Let There Be Carnage. Now, Carnage is one of my favorite villains ever since. I, and I got to share some great memories. Uh, I I remember I was going. I don't even remember what movie I saw. But you remember there was the, um, the movie theater there behind Best Buy over here, kind of near Metro North. There was, uh, it was like a Dickinson. This is where we went to go see Batman Returns uh, when they re-released the Star Wars movies. Uh, I, that's the movie theater I went to. Remember that theater? I, I don't remember what movie I went to. I was kind of going by myself to a movie, and I went over. There used to be that uh, that little grocery store, kind of in the strip mall, kind of near Toys R Us. I went in there, and they had comics, and uh, that's where I first found the first few uh, issues of the the series Maximum Carnage, which I, I had not heard of Carnage up to this point. But it was it was Spider Man comics. I wanted to buy them, and it turned out to be a fourteen part series. And I, I have eventually managed to collect the entire Maximum Carnage series, but this is also what introduced me to the character of Shriek. You get the Demogoblin in there, and you get the, the Spider Doppelganger in there that came from this Army. other dimension. And this of Maximum Carnage was like Spider-Man and Venom having to team up again with Black Cat and Michael Morbius, which now is getting his own movie. Um... Who else did they team with? Deathlock, Cloak and Dagger. I mean, I'll, this was... Tons of folks. There was tons of folks, and I wasn't familiar with a lot of the greater Marvel Universe, so I was getting all these little no, minor characters. The, so Captain now. America and others making Captain appearances. Captain America making appearances later. Yeah, so there's all these different Harrys that pop up. They made uh, a game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I, that's right. I'm still getting there to that, but I Sorry. clicked the entire comic series. But yes, you are correct, sir. After the comic series, I remember they were making a video game. Now, LGN is sometimes spotty with what they... They, they buy up a lot of uh, intellectual property and make games off of it, and they're not always good. But they got the rights to to Spider-Man uh, at one point. and had been making Spider-Man games. They even made a Sinister Six game. But they got, got around to making a Maximum Carnage game. And I remember... I had reserved this. I was working at Montgomery Ward at the time, and they had, uh, uh, I think it was a game, yeah, it was a GameStop, or what became a GameStop eventually, uh, right there, kind of near where Montgomery Ward, if you come down a little bit, and there was the stop. I had put in a reservation for that game, and it kept getting delayed, and delayed, oh. and delayed. But I did manage to get the special edition red cartridge, where I also, because I reordered it, I got a cassette tape, because uh, the music was done by, uh, it, it looks like Green Jelly, but with the two dots, it's supposed to be Green Jello. Uh, <laughs> they were famous for the song, Little Pig, Little Pig, Let Me Hear. I love Not that my song. Hair, chin chin. You know, but they had done, uh, and I got a cassette tape of the song Carnage Rules that was written all from the perspective of Carnage. I remember playing that game. Yeah. <clears throat> Somewhere I probably still have that little cassette tape. That might be worth money now. Who knows? Uh, but uh, like they did all the music for the game, and, and it fit because Carnage, unlike what the movie, the movies put a lot of rap and hip-hop into it, but Carnage was all about heavy metal and death metal because it was all about the chaos that he believed. His, his whole thing was about chaos. Yeah. And anarchy. He didn't like to plan what he was doing because, no, now there is no plan. Because even Doppelganger says, we need to plan what our next move is. Or not Doppelganger, <laughs> but Demogoblin's like, we need to plan our next move. And it's like, don't you get it, fool? There is no plan. We just do what we want. And what he wanted to do was rampage through New York City, killing everyone he could. And the weird thing is, Shriek, Shriek could amplify the madness of Carnage and infect the people. 
It wasn't nearby. Shriek the, the girl. Yeah, she yeah. was the girl amongst it. Now, the cool thing, you know, uh, on Let There Be Carnage. Oh, and I meant to bring this up. I thought I had a link up there, but I don't. I didn't copy the link over. But they did do a version of Shriek. And they kept some of the stuff we know about Shriek. But Shriek, of course, because... Uh, and I like the way it was described. Shriek has a relationship with Carnage similar to Harley Quinn and the Joker. Mm-hmm. Where she's got this weird obsession with him and he's kind of attracted to her, you know? But she steps out of line and he'll wound her and maybe kill her if he really just loses it. Yeah. He might. Well, he's a killer. I mean, Yeah. But yet... She is could be greatest weakness because she has sound power, sound mm. wave. Now in the movie they gave her more like a like Banshee's powers or um oh, what's the DC um if you have to watch it I need to see it. Well you know the you know the DC universe uh, uh, Black Canary. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They gave Shriek that for her powers, but in the comics she fires like sonic energy out of her hands. Oh, that's cool. And but so she could actually kill Carnage too. Yeah. Because you know her power is exactly one of his weaknesses. Uh, that and fire, of course, was you know. Oh, yeah. Although Carnage has slowly lost a lot of his vulnerabilities to some of this stuff because his is like his symbiote has been kind of killed, but it's become it lives in his bloodstream. Yeah, uh, venom it lives on the surface, and you know, kind of. But Carnage, it's Goes in, in the blood. Yeah. Great so, actor, Carnage. The creepy thing about him is there is no we. And when he first came out, his first things he was a we. But the symbiote kind of died and became part of him. Mm-hmm. So now it is very much an I am Carnage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the weird thing, I guess they, I, I haven't gotten to pay attention. They, they did a whole storyline where that with the symbiotes and, and it's gotten very, very complicated. And I haven't read any of this stuff. If Eric was here, I'm sure he, he, he might've gotten a chance to read it, but, uh, oh, wait, here it is. Here it is. I actually did pull up a thing for main content. I wanted to get into carnage a little bit. They've made him a very more complex character in recent years. Let me see if I can, uh, uh, loss and restoration of the carnage symbiote. Cause at one point, uh, they did manage to separate and killed Cletus Cassidy, but Cletus Cassidy was brought back. And there was a Carnage USA storyline, a minimum Carnage, Superior Carnage, Deadpool versus Carnage. Uh, and there was like just a couple years ago, they did this entire hive mind thing where Carnage is more of a symbiote thing and more of a dangerous leader of symbiotes than ever expected. And he's almost got like death god like powers he is a horrible scary thing even worse than he had been before uh i don't know that i really have time to get into all the different stuff i mean there's an entire history here on the marvel.fandom um that i you know we've been at this for a long time and i don't so i don't want to get in too much of it but uh yeah this was he's a very nasty character and unfortunately when they when they put him in this Spider-Man animated series, they couldn't make him the way he is. No. So they did this thing where he was actually working to bring Dormammu into the world by draining life with his tentacles instead of butchering people. I mean, this is, yeah, Jason and Freddy pushovers. Yeah. They're nothing compared to Carnage and what he can do and the bloodshed he's capable of. Uh, so he was one of the scariest villains, I think, that Spider-Man has ever had. And what is and, and they reflected this in the Venom movie. This is one of the things where I was like, when they were doing it, I think I even mentioned it on the show, Venom has never been able to beat Carnage on his own. He no. always had to team up with Spider-Man, but yet they took Spider-Man out of the equation. And in that movie, I tell you what, Venom gets his butt trounced several times before they find a way to finally stop Carnage. But what's and once again, this is another movie that's not. It's the same as the Venom movie, as I was saying. It's it's brainless, mindless monster fun. But it's fun, yeah. But it's fun. 
kind of like a Godzilla. In a, yeah, in it's, sense. it's but it's just a crazy monster movie. But yeah. I had a, I actually had fun watching both of it, and this was even a little funnier. And there's a goofy like relationship between the Venom symbiote and Eddie Brock, where they kind of split up for a while as they have a weird weird bromance that doesn't always work. And it, it just it added some humor and some fun to the movie. Uh, but yeah, there I even did here. I found where I did pull up an article on uh, on Shriek, real name being uh, Francis. Uh, no, she was known as Sandra Deal when she first showed up, uh, but she and she was uh, kind of a villain for Cloak and Dagger. But uh, my first introduction, she was already locked in Ravencroft when. Uh, I, and I like in in, uh, in this movie they did a very similar opening to Maximum Carnage, where uh, they're about to execute him and they try to give him a lethal injection, but poking a needle into them veins and and Cletus Cassie's telling him, "I'm warning you, there's a monster in there." Hmm. And as soon as they puncture and opened up the vein. That symbiote comes out of his blood, and he rips through everybody. And there's, I, and I love the way the Maximum Carnage video game did kind of replicate uh, some of these frames. You know, they brought some pictures from the comics and some of the comic story directly into the game. But he's like, you know what? I told you I'd go easy on you. I lied. Yeah. And but that's where he meets Shriek. Shriek is actually cheering for Make Mine Mayhem, Go Carnage. And he's like, "What kind of nut would egg me on?" And that's where he first meets Shriek and lets her loose and stuff. But uh, uh, her occupation, of course, is a, uh, a former drug dealer turned super villainous with sour manipulation powers. Her hobby is spending time with Carnage. Goal is to kill Spider Man and Venom, and of course, crimes of mass murder. She's a uh, Mentally ill villainous. Now, how did she get her powers? I think it was something weird with the drugs, perhaps. I've never really seen exactly how she's supposed to have gotten these powers. I don't know. You know, I, at one point I thought maybe she's supposed to be a mutant because it didn't seem like I ever really got much um, uh, explanation. Oh, no, no. Oh, yeah. Here it is. She eventually ended up with Cloak's, in Cloak's Dark Dimension, which awakened her mutant ability to manipulate sound. So, yeah, she got sucked into Cloak's Dark Dimension and then unlocked a mutant ability. I do have a um, a second storyline with her uh, where one of the villains they brought along uh, is Carrion. Carrion is this poor guy who has this weird viral power disease that he loses control of his brain, but his touch is... You'll just rot. It'll just, it'll just kill you by his own touch. But the guy who is Carrion, of course, he does, he's, he's like... A man, but he loses all control of himself and he turns into carry on. And this one story called Shrieking. Shriek is looking to put her family back together that she had with Carnage. And she finds um, I forgot the character's name, the guy, the guy, but he's gotten cured of being carry on. And he's so happy. He's like, I'm free. I know I can't I don't hurt anybody. But Shriek, using her powers where she can corrupt, manages to bring the, to reignite the virus in him that turns him into carry on. Oh, that's terrible. Uh, it's, it's very, very sad. He's a, he's a very sad character because he doesn't mean to be it, but he has no mental capacity as carry-on, but his touch is fatal, and you'll just rot. You'll just I imagine think, decomposing in the instant. That's what I he does. I think how I first saw Shriek, before I really knew her as a character, was whenever I was going on the Spider-Man ride in Universal. Uh, oh, the, is she in there? On, yeah. Cool. Because I didn't know her. I was like, oh, is that Carnage or it's not Venom? And, yeah. and then I realized it was a, a gal. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wait, who? And so someone's asking me, I said, uh, I, I don't remember, one of my brother-in-laws was asking me who that was. And I said, well, it's 
like a female Venom Carnage thing. And so that's when I was looking it up and I didn't know know the character very well. So I'm assuming that's who that is, a Shriek. Shriek, yeah. She's kind of a got black hair, kind of white faced and wears black and white well, and stuff. This might there be is it. a female symbiote. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, maybe there, is a a, there was a female symbiote back during the separation anxiety story. Yeah, well, maybe I, didn't, I didn't read all maybe that. Maybe that's who it is. Because I remember there being a little bit of red and yellow or something. That, yeah, that was a symbiote. That's not Shriek. Okay, so maybe I'm going to show Shriek. you a picture of Shriek real fast here on my laptop, I guess. Uh, do, 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 do. I, have to, I don't know if I can turn that around. Can you see from where you're at? I cannot. Uh, oh, so. I'm dropping my mouse, but there's Shriek. Oh, you know what? I have seen that character before. Yeah. I just didn't know who it was. Yeah, she's made some video game appearances in the, uh, I think it was mainly just the PlayStation 2 version of the Spider-Man 3 game. Yeah. Uh, she pops up as a villain in there, but they gave her a completely different storyline. Um, so it made her completely different, but yeah, she has made some video game appearances. Uh, I haven't heard much about the character in more recent years, most likely with carnage getting to do a lot of different things, which I'd really love to be able to catch up on a lot of stuff they did. Cause I, you know, I haven't gotten to read a lot of comics in a long time and I know they did a big story thing where, uh, carnage came back and he would look entirely different, but he had discovered he was like the, uh, this master symbiote powered thing. And it was horrible. I mean, he, that's, that's the least, at least person you want to have godlike style powers is a mass serial killer that's completely insane. Well, I tell you that ride that they did was great because you get Hydro, Hydro uh, Man, Hydro yeah. Man, and you get that symbiote, that female symbiote, and uh, which I understand why they did that. They I needed, forgot what she was called. I don't remember, but I, she's kind of like reddish and yellow, I yeah. think it was. Yeah. And, and uh, she was cool, but you know, I, like I said, they yeah. this is basically they wanted. I think they yeah. created a lot of characters they thought would take off and they didn't. Yeah. But um, you know, they did. You know, for like the, the first Venom movie, they brought Riot around, who was one of those symbiotes. Yeah, and then they had a uh, in that ride. I'm trying to think. Oh, I think Electro was in there. Yeah, and Doc Ock. Yeah, and uh, you know, pretty much had like a sinister. And I want to say, yeah, that's what it was. And, and you yeah, had, I want to say Hobgoblin. I was going to say Green Goblin, um, but I think it was Hobgoblin. I think Hobgoblin because Hobgoblin was your Goblin at the time in the yeah. '90s. Uh, yeah. Norman Osmore was supposed to be dead, but when, of course, we get that that movie, and they yeah. want to like, you know, one of the greatest you know, old villains he had was was the Green Goblin. I'm telling so. you, that ride was a blast, man. Yeah. It was well, great... it's still there. It's just been revamped and, sure. and tweaked, and it, it still was, looks to be a blast. I want to ride it one of these days. Man. I, I, and when you when you're on that, oh man. It it really it's three D yeah but it really feels like you're going up in the air and doing all this well, stuff. Well, in some ways and, they move you around too. Yeah, so. they do. It, you're you're not just sitting still. Yeah. But anyway, if, if, I bet you could look it up, but it's not the same as. Oh, riding I've, it. I've watched some video, but oh, I, I gotta dude. ride that thing. I'm telling you, you'd love I it. gotta ride it. The first it. time I rode that, man, I was so into it. I was squeaking and squalling the whole time, and I mean, loving every second of it. Yeah, <laughs> you should get thrown right into a battle between Spider-Man and pretty much a Sinister oh, Six. I it, mean, it, how it, cool it, is we'll, this? We'll call it the. Sister Six ish, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it was. But I was it was cool. It. it was they based a lot Vulture. of it around the old uh, '90s animated series there. And I'm with pretty the sure ride. Vulture was in it. Probably was because sure. you know, you you got to bring in Vulture. Yeah, and it was great. And I'm pretty sure it's Vulture with the hair. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but, when he was young, when he, he got himself turned younger yeah, for a little while, it was, it was so much fun. Oh, it was yeah, fun. it was a blast. Indeedy. Yeah. But yeah, so those are my overall reviews for like Venom. You know, and I remember I did say a lot with Venom coming out. It's like, oh, come on. It's no good without you know bringing up with Spider-Man. But it was good. Such a great story, which, you know what? I feel like we have that opportunity because. And it's coming in. By, by now. Okay. If, if if you haven't seen No Way Home, mm. let me just say they open the door to bring yes, in they do. a version of Venom. Yes. That we might get 
a proper. I mean, Grant, I like. I kind of like what they've done with him. I mean, they have managed to get an Eddie Brock that kind of fits. And I did like that he was a reporter who, and he was a, like a well-known reporter, but he then has one. Now, granted, in the comics, Peter Parker exposed him for putting out a false story that he couldn't back up, and he didn't have any sources, and he blamed Peter Parker for losing everything. And they did in Venom. I like that he had a story that he could not reveal his sources because he kind of didn't obtain them properly or legally, so he couldn't really say how he got his sources. But he was in, in the movie. He's right about what he was saying. He just didn't have the backup stuff, and so he does lose everything. So that, I'm glad that they kept that similarity to Eddie Brock, but they don't have it as a revenge thing against Peter Parker and Spider Man. Uh, but I would like to see them do that probably because I mean they in Spider-Man 3 uh, they did kind of get that angle where he does do a false story and Peter Parker exposes him um, which you know so that's keeping in line with what happens with Eddie Brock and he loses everything but it's his own fault uh, which in, in the Venom movie yeah it's his own fault he did something he knew was wrong uh, trying to get a scoop and story but of course he was trying to go after a person who turned out he was yes a bad person and Eddie was trying to expose it Um so I did like that the angle that they tried to keep Eddie as we would know him to be. Uh, so, yeah, he, they did make the character enjoyable. But I am looking forward to see what they can do with, uh, you know, putting Tom Holland in the in the black symbiote suit uh, and see what happens. I'm looking forward to see what they do and then giving a good... Well, we got that door open. We got yeah. that door open. And I'd even be happy to see Woody Harrelson come back as Carnage. I mean, he's oh. 70-something years old now. But, but he's great, man. Oh, he was Woody Harrelson, brother. Oh, yeah, he's great. Him as Cletus Cassidy was just perfect because he was just that perfect level of creepy of Cletus yeah. Cassidy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I gotta see it. I gotta still see yeah, it. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I wish you would have gotten a chance to hop on there before my rental expired. But well, it's right. it's, it was I'll, definitely I'll, worth a watch. I'll probably, hopefully, come soon. I'll either have a two pack or I'll yeah. buy both. So, yeah, I think you know. can buy it as a bundle or at, right on Voodoo and buy it digitally. So. Fine. But what I would like to have heard is in the ending credits, I was like, please, the ending credits, let me hear it. Nope. No such luck. No green jello in there. It's, yo, Wings Cottage. You know, because like the Venom, we had Eminem, and it's like, why is it rap hip hop? That doesn't feel like Venom, and it, certainly not Carnage. But that's okay. We got what we got. And actually, you know, I do like these would be great October Halloween movies because they're monster movies mm-hmm. they're definitely monster movies because yeah, people's heads being bitten off and stuff you know come on yeah. <laughs> it's venom and i've never gotten to see venom actually eat brains but he always wanted to and in this movie you kind of get that Rah! you know and i love the venom can i eat him <laughs> you know uh it's such fun and the fun thing about the the let there be carnage that one was directed by andy circus now i don't know i have no idea if he's directed anything before but he did a good job and andy circus i just love him anyway so you mean alfred yeah, he's playing Alfred in the new Batman. We'll mm-hmm. see. Because that, that's probably the best thing they got going, in my opinion. Because I just, Andy Circus, everything he does is great. Mm-hmm. I mean, golly, that, the guy is just tremendous. But uh, we better wrap this thing sure. up. This, this is a super long show. That's what we do anymore. We do super long shows, and I only get like one or two out a month. That's what we do. But of course, I want to remind you all to go to NeverlandPodcast.com where you can find links to our Patreon page. You know what? This show doesn't hardly happen really without you. This costs me money to bring this to you. I love bringing it to you. But if you want to jump in, if you appreciate what we do and you have fun with us, consider giving it, you know, even just a buck a month would be great. Just a little bit of help is great. And also check out our sponsor right there on the middle of my page, my podcast reviews. Uh, if you click on the link there in the page, I get a little kickback if you go and sign up. If you happen to be a podcaster, you want to see your reviews from around the world, from sources that you don't get to be shown all the time, these will collect them all and email them to you. It's really great to kind of... Heck, if you haven't left a review... 
please do leave a review. I've got links for that there as well. And of course, we want to thank Karen Kennedy. Ricky Pope of Christian Nerds Unite and Darren Wilhite of the Wilhite and Wall Show. Those are the voices you hear doing my intro and my movie review thing there. I appreciate them. That's a lot of fun. Remember to send us an email, podcast, neverlandpodcast.com. Find us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast, Facebook, Neverland Podcast. You can find them both a group and a fan page. And of course, you can always leave us a voicemail, 816-226-6492. And remember to get lost. I'm delaying it just because Phil's waiting on bated breath. Adventure! Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.